So we're finally here, back. We are, man. With the 21st episode. Yeah, it's our 21st episode. Of Fried Squirms. And I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. And we're here to talk about horror movies. But before we do that... Yeah, we want to catch people up to speed. We actually haven't gotten a chance to sit down and do this in like two weeks. Yeah, so we've had a, a little break in between episodes. I went on a little vacation of sorts, so I've been gone. Well... There's been a break in us doing episodes. Well, yeah, in that exactly. time, I did manage to get out the same amount of content. No, absolutely. Now, I would like to apologize that some of that content showed up much later than I anticipated. It was not all on our same normal schedule. But we're going to go into what happened because we were yeah. actually both had an eventful past couple of weeks. Yeah. And life just sort of got in the way and we were all over the place. You had a big trip. Yeah, I went to, uh, to Portland with uh, my brother, my sister, and uh, my brother-in-law. We had the pleasure of seeing Radiohead. That's amazing. Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, it happened over the course of uh, last weekend. And uh, for our listeners, I guess it was like on uh, the, the 9th of uh, April is when we saw the show. But yeah, long story short, it was it was a good time. Like I said, I got to see one of the, the bands that I grew up with. And, you know, they're still performing at an excellent level, so... I highly uh, recommend anybody who likes Radiohead go check them to out go, live. To go, yeah, yeah, of course. I, I would think it. most people kind of at this point want to go see Radiohead. <sighs> Man, it's, it was so unbelievable. I'm extremely so. jealous. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was I was Best song excited. they did live. Because that's not always your favorite. It's not always your favorite song in my experience. Yeah. Um, Sometimes live performances can kind of put a spin on some songs. So. It's, it's a good, you know, it's a good point because there's a lot of songs that they played at different tempos than uh, some of their studio albums releases mm-hmm. so for them to do that and still you know be in sync with each other and you know give you a strong performance of the song i mean their 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 musicianship is you know you, you uh, get to see it live and it's honestly it, it's hard to pick out one song but uh i think for me probably seeing uh them do street spirit fade out okay yeah, that was that was an awesome performance because that was one that we were hoping they'd play, not necessarily thinking they would, but it was like one of those moments like, yes. Nice. So yeah, had a good time, man. Just a great time overall. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let's see. I think while you were, at least part of the time you were in Portland, uh, I made a much shorter trip and was in Spokane for a little bit of the time. Yeah. Just sort of... Fun town. Yeah, just went out, uh, got out of town for a little bit. For me, at least... It was also a little bit of a celebration of like doing the interview episode, and that was right after I had posted it. And thanks to all of your support, oh, in three days, it became our third most listened to episode. It's currently still the third most listened to, but only by like two listens. It's And our know, most listened to, it's actually a tie for number one. It's pretty amazing. It's, um, and like, I, I have a, you know... A lot of gratitude for our listeners for helping us, you know, get to that point. If you haven't listened to it, that's our Savage Land episode uh, where we got to interview director, writer, producer, Simon Herbert. Go listen to it, please. Go watch the movie, please. And uh, we owe a lot of our, uh, you know, thanks to uh, Simon as well for reaching out to us. So big ups to him. Uh, We also got some shout outs from some other social media, which I thought was cool, from from another podcast, uh, Britflix. That was awesome. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. That it's was like, cool. whoa, that was pretty cool. So And our uh, buddies over at Into the Echo. Yeah. So we're thankful for everybody, like I said, associated with podcasts who listen to us. And but that was really neat just to see it skyrocket yeah. like that. And I was like out kind of having a night 
having an awesome night with my girlfriend and got to see all that happen at the same time, yeah, which man. just sort of made everything a little bit more special. See, I even got to listen to it on the way to Portland. That's uh, cool. So for me, it was it was fun listening to it early in the morning on the way. So. And it's kind of funny because this kind of ties in. Uh, we're recording this on the 17th. Yeah. In three days, it's 420. Yes, it is. And it was the first time I got to go over and check out the legal weed situation in Washington. Yeah, and... Uh, from what I understand, I approve. It's, yeah, so <laughs> from what I understand, it's it's uh, it's not too shabby. Uh, Oregon has the same effect, so uh, you know we had a good times there as well. And we were actually going to record a 420 episode, but things just didn't work out. This yeah, year. we you know it's not uh, it's not uh, in in a bad way because what we had planned originally worked out even better in retrospect. You know because we got a chance to interview a director, producer writer of, a, of an, an amazing independent film so you know we really haven't done a proper review but uh if you've listened to our interview please go out and watch the film because it's it's an amazing film and that's always kind of been the the little hidden joke i guess is by the way it's fried squirms yeah so i mean we're supporters we'll put it that way yeah we're friendly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like I said, I've, I had a I had a great time. Uh, even though we like so we missed out doing an episode last Monday, still gave us I think a chance to kind of recharge our batteries. Uh, you know, get uh, our in minds more ways kind than of, one because then I also said, just a few days ago you got a concert in. I managed to get a concert. Yes, in. you did. And you got to see a really cool show. Russian Circles, Eagles of Death Metal, and Mastodon right here in town. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean. Radiohead's legendary. I'm jealous of you well, seeing Well, we, we them. had to leave town yeah. in order to see that. I'm jealous you of you seeing see an awesome them. show in town. But these other guys, a little bit more up my alley. It's understandable. And I got to go, you know, straight down in the pit. Had a great time. I'd seen Russian Circles before. I highly recommend them. They're instru- uh, amazing, uh, like, instrumental, atmospheric metal. I've had a chance to check out some of their tunes on YouTube, so I agree with that because they're and even better amazing. live. Yeah, oh, I can oh my god, just incredible! And it seemed to completely win over the crowd too, awesome. which was, I mean, I think a little bit of a hard feat for an instrumental band, especially because I don't think a lot of the people there knew fuck all about them. Well, I mean, sometimes that's a that's a good way to get yourself into that those bands, you know. Uh, Eagles of Death Metal put on a good performance, but it was weird. Not that they were bad. I, I have a hard time describing their set without making it sound like I didn't like them. Right. But it was just because they were that much of a change up between the other two bands. Like it feels like Russian Circles straight into Mastodon would have been just this mind blowing experience. Yeah. And having this almost like 70s rock mixed with almost like Queens of the Stone Age in the middle. <laughs> I see what you mean. Kind of threw off the whole vibe for a little bit. Well, yeah, it's like like I said, if you're if you're throwing together a weird CD mix, it'll change the mood and vibe. So I can, I can understand it for a live show. Uh, but they did. I mean, for what they do, they put on an amazing set. I I would love to go see them again with maybe, maybe a, a more lineup. appropriate lineup. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense if you've seen shows live. Uh, a crowd that be a little bit more into them as well, because I think most of the people there were there to see the main act. Who are nothing like Eagles of Death Metal, Mastodon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which they're based out of, if I'm not mistaken, out of Atlanta, right? Georgia. I think so. I'm, I'm not quite I'm too sure. I'm pretty certain of it. Yeah. Uh, but that they put on just a tremendous show. I got just 
the shit beat out of me in the mosh pit, <laughs> which, well, I wasn't in the pit proper even. I was kind of up front, sort of hanging on about three rows back, watching the show and just getting slammed into the back of me. Got to see a, a concert with my brother for the first time in like a decade. So well, that's it was a pretty awesome, good dude. deal. Yeah, you got And then nice experience. even going into this, I wasn't sure how much I'd even be able to talk today because then I also got a, a tooth pulled and a filling put in the other day. Yeah. So, so it's been a rather eventful couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. You, man, you've been through uh, some battles of sorts, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool, man. Like I said, it looks like you had a good time. Um, I even talked to, like, some of my brother in law about the show. And from what I understood, he said that. Um, that Macedon, they were very thankful for the people supporting them being there, and then they, you know, anticipate coming back. Uh, so I thought that God, was pretty better, cool, dude. It was a great show, sold out. Yeah, place was packed. Oh man, good times, good well, times. Awesome, and then, you know, the Wilma's a great venue too. I've got to go hang out with some, some good friends really good before shows and there. after. Eat some good food. There you go. Uh, and. If I can't edit it all out, those noises that the audience is hearing in the background is we're we're finally trying to record for the first time with my cat in the room. Oh yeah, and he's, he's not he's he's deciding to be friskier than he was when we first decided to to give this a shot, but we'll, we'll see. He's not being the worst right now. No, and uh, you know as soon as he as soon as he's not this frisky, he's just a little kitten. He's still under ear. Oh yeah, no, he's playful. He just wants to have fun. He just wants to have fun. But uh, as soon as he can hang out, he'll be the unofficial mascot of the show, just judging us with his cat-like ways. Yeah, he's going to age along with our podcast. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah I, I got him probably when we first started talking about it a couple months before we actually started putting it into motion. So, yeah, I mean, he's he and the podcast are, you know, following the same kind of path in, in terms of its our evolution. That's right. Um, but with that, I think we are going to finally get into, unless, do you have anything else to add from this past No, uh, one, one kind of interesting thing I'll, I'll mention, because I think I mentioned earlier, you know, off our, our podcast was, uh, I had a chance to have a conversation last night and something interesting is, is getting feedback, you know, uh, regardless of who it's from. But the question that I was asked was if we, uh, had enough content, right. In order to do our podcast. Ooh. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of a loaded question, but it's also kind of a softball question in a sense. Because it's like, wow, it's like if you don't really know the genre per se. I'm like, We've barely scratched the surface. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I let them know. It's like, you know, even though 21 sounds like a, you know, a big number in sorts of doing films, not really in the overall sense of things, um, because we have such a wide spectrum to work with. So I let him know. I was like, you know, and we like so many aspects of this genre, both of us. We both do. We both come uh, from certain angles at it too, which gives it, you know, different perspectives, which I enjoy too, because you have different insight than I have, which you know helps illuminate different aspects that I might not have known about. Uh, Yeah. No. I really. We. I mean, every time we sit down to do one of these shows, we end up talking about seven other movies that we're not even close to doing yeah yeah you know and it's like you can't help reference certain movies either that you grew up with or that remind you of certain movies or you know just what what have you but i'm oh, thankful God. for the and, fact that we do I mean, have that's a lot the of thing content. we've even talked about some of these movies we're going to do just because we grew up with them and yeah. not because they actually have very much merit no you know that's a good point too it's just the fact that we got to experience something that maybe a whole generation will miss out on so you know, but we're still getting to those. We're still getting into a lot of things. Haven't done vampires. Yeah, 
we haven't even haven't, we've talked about them we've talked about actors who've done dracula but we haven't even done a, a haven't proper... done ghosts not that i can think of uh we've kind of done zombies yeah we've in... touched a little bit on the zombies uh god we haven't done a creature feature nope i mean i think we've been mostly just doing like kind of straight ahead humans being terrible right for the for the most part i would i would agree with that That there's lots of things we have we've we've even we've even with this current model that we've been doing these episodes we've done kind of boogeymen a little bit you know iconic figures and slashers we haven't really done any body horror not truly no not something like you know, we we've done some interesting things, but we Tetsuo. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's there like there's so many things that we haven't really even touched upon. Like, so no. we haven't done a like I said a proper classic, you know, monster film or uh, you know, Universal film. Neither of us are the biggest fans, but we haven't done a, a true torture porn yet. No, I mean, there's certain films I like within the genre, but it's not something Martyrs that... is close. But yeah, listen to that episode. We talk about how it's not. Yeah, you have to go into it, either have seen movies in the in those genres, you know the subgenres, or you don't. You you go in with a certain bias that you know it's not really what it is. But we've just done a whole run on slashers. Yes, we certainly have. From maybe not a whole run, we excluded Psycho, we, yeah. but we talked about that with how we started with Halloween. We went. We've talked about the different icons that were built on throughout, from that point up, the the modern slasher, sort yeah. of what people almost think about when they think of horror movies in general. Yeah, because it, like there's several like we could we could go on and on and on about movies that preceded Halloween, but from that point going forward, I think that's where more people right now in our generation and maybe even the next one up are more familiar with so it gives us a certain direction to work within because we're more familiar with it but we will certainly touch upon all those movies beforehand then we started to toy with it and got to leslie vernon which isn't as much of an icon right as we pointed out but that's kind of the point of the movie i'd say it definitely has a cult following at this point people like this movie we hope that you go watch it. Definitely, oh, it's one yeah. of our favorites. It, it was one of the the uh, the episodes that we've done recently that I I thoroughly enjoyed going back and watching the film and getting a chance to review it. And after all this seriousness that sort of delved more and more towards comedy, we're gonna cap it with this one. That's different in in a lot of little tweaks that we'll get to. Oh, uh, absolutely. A lot of little tweaks. But I'd still say it's just close enough to be the perfect cap to our run on slashers. And so let's get into the how did that make us squeal of Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yes, sir. How does that make you squeal? How does that make a squeal? I'm squealing because it's my 21st movie. Yeah, actually, God, why didn't I go grab like my alcoholic beverage you know i was thinking that too like a proper way would probably be to I have to, a couple beers to buy a beer for this movie i mean you know what here monologue say some bullshit for a second oh, i'm gonna go grab us a beer yeah man I, I feel like it's appropriate for this movie a movie about a couple hillbillies we're gonna just talk through a break while i go grab us a couple beers yeah it's appropriate i, I feel and like i can i can bullshit a little bit about this movie without giving too much away we're discussing tucker and dell versus evil this is a movie that's going to cap off a run of slasher films. And reason being because this movie has a common thread with all the movies that we've done before it. 
And uh, it's a really fun movie. It's a comedy of sorts. It's also a movie that has some really cool uh, homages. And uh, if you like it, if you like special effects, things like that, um, you'll have a good time with this movie. So yeah, we were talking about the fact that this is our 21st movie. And um, like I said, I had a conversation with uh, my older brother. And we were right, talking about... I've been just telling him about this movie and the fact that it's our 21st. It's a funny movie. Um, it has some really good lead actors in this film. I haven't given anything away per se. I'm just letting them know that I feel it's appropriate as a 21st movie and as a way to, to cap off our run Would of you slasher mind films. This up at me for a second. All right. So just, right? just so people can hear, I grabbed. Yeah. We've got some proper alcoholic drinks for this one. I grabbed this man Cheers. here, Shake a Day. Oh, yeah. Shake a day. Um, I don't know what it keeps away, but we're about to find out. Right. And I'm actually cheating some. I but didn't, no, what I I didn't grab saying, a beer, but that's because I actually bought myself a cider to have during this episode. Yeah, so. no, all I was saying uh, while you were running against us, uh, you know, a beverage, an, an adult beverage. Cheers. No, that this, like this is a fun movie, is a good way to, to cap off our run of slasher films, right? It's appropriately our 21st, so we can celebrate with a beer. Now, there's something I, I want to mention about that real quick, uh -huh. though, because we've been we've been going through all these slashers from Halloween on. Yes, we have. And this movie doesn't necessarily completely riff on that kind of slasher. No, 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 no. It riffs a little bit more on the '70s style slasher, which was more like the Grindhouse thing or something you'd see in like Hills Have Eyes. Or like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yes. the sort of uh, hillbillies living off in, in the middle of nowhere point, that are yeah. going to kill you. However, I think a lot of the tropes still flow through this movie. There you definitely still see, are. Yes. You still see these things played on. And there's, there's something really interesting that I think may be part of it that makes it really fit with what we've been doing even more. Yeah, But yeah. it does kind of involve some of the some spoilery things so i'm gonna save that for for the guts and yeah bones. like i said i really haven't divulged a whole lot outside of the fact like i said that we're we've come to a not our end but just a an appropriate or a brief pause in our run of slasher films right oh um, definitely i mean it's not like we're never going to come back oh, to no, slashers no, no. again we just laid, like I said, a, a, for us, kind of like a foundation of sorts. So that way it gives us a, a chance to come back, explore other films in these in this subgenre. And also, this is, I would say, this is a little bit of us being lazy. Yeah, so that when we, when we mention some of these icons in future episodes, we can be like, if you don't understand who we're talking about, go listen to this episode so we don't have to explain it to you here. Exactly. It's a, uh, but a these way are, to connect the dots. I, I think these are all... Other than Leslie Vernon and other than Leslie yeah, Vernon, yeah. these are all characters that if you're even on the horror fringe, you probably kind of know about. They've sort of permeated out into pop culture. People know who Jason is. People know who Freddy is. Yeah, just, just the mere mention of, of the character. Yeah, people know who you're talking about. So uh, like I said, this one is a little bit more cultish. Yeah, you know, comedy also more yeah. than horror. But the only reason it works as a comedy is because of the way it plays on horror. Precisely. So we mentioned it's kind of more like the hillbilly thing, and I guess the premise is really 
two friends go to fix up their vacation home and accidentally end up looking like killer hillbillies. Yeah. So uh, it plays on certain themes and certain aspects of other films. Maybe not necessarily in horror, but play on the the fear factor side. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it, it does a a really good job of kind of connecting certain films and, and the ways they interweave it in this film. And it really is, when I was watching it, really it felt kind of like the type of horror that it's parodying would be a mix between like the Hills have eyes and maybe what was the, the Jason final chapter where it's like this group of kids going out somewhere to party. It's not necessarily like a camp or something, but they're going out somewhere to party and being preyed upon by slashers. And there just so happens to be a, which is why I still also feel like it fits in. Yeah, no, it's definitely within that that realm. I would agree with you, because that was one that, that really stood out to me when I was watching this film. Yeah, since we're talking about <clears throat> Tucker and Dell versus Evil, right, and where and how does it make a squill, let's go ahead and, and talk about some of these people in this film. I mean, I'll start with the director, right? Okay. Um, yep. Eli Craig, he's the director of the film. I think this is his directorial debut, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. Um, he might have done a few things beforehand, but I think this is one that really kind of started it for him. He did some some TV work. He did a show called Zombieland. Um, he did a I think a short film called The Tower of uh, a Pong. Okay. And uh, he was also an actor in the movie Space Cowboys with uh, Clint Eastwood and some other people. I've seen Space Cowboys. Yeah, I can't remember his exact credit, but he he's also had a few uh, acting credits, which he actually has a, an acting credit in this film. Right, he's the cameraman for the news lady. Yes, he is. Which who is? His wife in real life, uh, Sasha Craig, right? Um, I can't remember her maiden name, so I apologize in advance. But uh, she's also known as a Power Ranger. I don't know if you knew that or not. Wait, what? Yes. she. Uh, I got this written down because I wanted to mention this. Uh, yeah, his wife, Sasha Craig, was a Power Ranger in Light Speed Ranger, she played the character Kelsey Winslow, and she was a Yellow Ranger. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. So the lady in the film, in this film, who plays the news reporter, which you know we'll talk about. Actually, where are those Power Ranger? Like, where are the 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 Western bits filmed? Is it up in Canada? It wouldn't because that would me. make sense because I know that this was a Canadian flick. Yes, yes, and it that ties is. into some of the credits of some of these other actors. I would imagine so because I believe she is from Canada, and I'm almost certain of it. But yeah, it's that's a connection. But here's an interesting thing, and I mentioned to you off off of our podcast, right? I didn't even reveal who it was, but he is a son of a very very famous actress. It it really it surprised me when I found out who it was. Uh, he is the second son of Sally Field. Wow. Wait, what? Yes. Whoa. It's a fact, Jack. That's, I looked it up. All yeah. right. That's crazy. Yeah, it kind of blew my mind because, like I said, I stumbled upon it. <laughs> I was uh, looking at an interview of uh, Tyler Labine, who we'll mention here in just a moment, and Alan Tudyk, right? And not just one, people. Not just one. He's not named one dick. <laughs> Tudyk. No, the, in the video, there was a little caption with the, along with the video, and it was mentioning uh, Eli Craig, the director mm-hmm. of this film. He's actually helped write it as well. Uh, but he said, the son of Sally Field. I'm like, what? Hold on, what? <laughs> I checked it out, and yes. 
Wow, that's all right. Yeah, so interestingly enough, uh, yeah. That's cool. There you go. Uh, like I said, I mentioned that he wrote the film in conjunction with um, a person named Morgan uh, Jurgensen. They're they're more known for like their editing and producing. I think they help produce and direct. Uh, I mean, not direct, but uh, edit certain films. I think maybe this okay. is one of them. Production company wise, there was a lot of production company, like nine different ones. I don't really have to go into detail, but a lot of production companies helped with this film. Uh, distributor was Magnet releasing. There were oh, they helped okay. release its 2011. Um, yeah. USA theatrical release. Um, special fli- uh, special effects is something I briefly mentioned because it has some really good special effects. Flickr FX, they're known for their special effects. Fire for Hire was more of the pyrotechnic side. And Anthem Visual Effects were the visual effects team okay. for this film. Uh, box office-wise, I found out that the budget was like $5 million. Uh, they grossed... This is including... Um, worldwide. It hasn't made it back yet, has it? It was like right at 4.7 million. Like, it's really close, but... Yeah, it's it was tinkering on, like I said, kind of breaking even. That being said, there are still possible plans for a sequel, which have I did excited, read about that, so. too, which is cool. You know, I like taglines. I like this one because you mentioned hillbillies, and this has hillbillies in the title, but it says, Evil chess messed with the wrong hillbillies. Nice. And these boys are from West Virginia. So, speaking of these boys, we already mentioned Tyler Labine. Yes. So, we'll start with him. First he off. He plays Dale. I like the name, Tyler. Yeah, good Tyler. It's a good name. Good name. Good I name. I no like this guy already. Tyler's. I like this guy already. Yeah. I've actually been a Tyler Labine fan for a bit. What do you remember him from? Well, my the very first thing that I remember him from is the MTV made-for-TV movie Together. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. The rival band, pop boy band, Wham. Okay. I remember this show. Their manager was kicked out because he didn't support, or he left or whatever because of bad tension with the band or something, because he didn't support one of the band members' decisions to get a chest tattoo. Okay. And he goes off and he's the one that starts together. The assistant manager supported the decision to get the chest tattoo and became Wham's manager, oh. and he was Tyler Labine. That's funny. Uh, see, I didn't know that. Even though I watched the show, I didn't. I wouldn't have pieced that together with him because I haven't seen that in a while. But that's uh, cool. And that's then funny. I also love the show Reaper, and yeah. he was Sock. I, I I'm I haven't watched it. Like I'm familiar with a lot of his titles. The and one that I was familiar with. He was with, in uh, the first of the reboot apes movies yeah he was in uh, rise of the planet of the apes uh he i think he did some voice work in the monsters university film oh and he's currently doing voice work on voltron legendary defender yeah, on netflix is. which is excellent i um, have watched that and it yeah. is really good i'll have to check it out it is definitely geared towards a younger audience yeah but other than that like it's it's good. It's like good sci-fi. It's good. That's Voltron. that was a show I grew it's up with. They even had the action figures. Yeah, so I need to check for that. The out. animation's solid. Story solid. So nice. Well, that's cool. Good on him on that. Uh, one thing I remember him from. I watched a few episodes, but he was on a show on uh, Fox. I think around this time period, he was on a show called uh, Sons of Tucson, where um, weird story. I think he like somehow he was a babysitter. I think of some kids, mm-hmm. and their parents just kind of like skipped town. I don't know if they were. You know, up for bail or some something bizarre, but he yeah, wound up taking care of these kids. I watched a few episodes. I mean, it was all right, you know, which is weird that I remember him from that title. Yeah, you know, uh, but we did mention another actor, right? Alan Tudyk. Tudyk, uh, just one. No, 
Anyway, I'll, I'll quit making that joke. No, it's it's funny. Me. He probably has heard it, I don't know, a million times. But yeah, as a, as a part of the two names in this film, Tucker and Dale, he plays Tucker. What do you remember him from? So, uh, being, the good, cool being the good nerd that I am, I mean, he'll always forever be Wash from Firefly and Serenity. Yeah. Uh, however, I also really like him in Knight's Tale. Yes. He, along with some other actors, right? Heath Ledger and uh, Shannon Paul Sossaman. Bettany. Yeah, Paul Bettany. I mean, there's some really good actors in that movie, right? Uh, what's his name that became Robert Baratheon? Uh, ooh, I can't remember his name. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, he was it also in The Full Monty. Yeah, he's been, he's been in a lot of English movies. Right? Mm-hmm. Great movies, great uh, dramas and comedies, you know? But oh, yeah, God, speaking, uh, of the, yeah <laughs> speaking of the... A Knight's Tale is a good movie, man. Dude, that's, it's a really good movie. I God, like that one a Black lot. Black Prince, I can't think of what his, the actor's name is, but I really is it, like is him, it, uh, too. Rufus Sewell? No. No, I mean, not, uh, not the Black Knight. Uh, he was the, the other gentleman that was vying for Heath Ledger, his affection. No, the, uh, no, the Black Prince. I know Prince. who you're talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, I name. can't think. I can't think of why I can't. Don't know his name off right now. He's good though. He's in. Um, God, I'm just blanking on all the names right now. It's okay. Not, it's okay. There's a movie about the other character. He's in the Solomon Kane movie. I don't know if I've seen that. The guy that created Conan the Barbarian. Okay. Okay. He had two major characters. One was Conan. Everyone knows Conan. His other major character was Solomon Kane, who was like a Puritan witch hunter. Hmm. I did not know that. Solomon Kane is a badass. The movie is amazing, and he's Solomon Kane in it. Nice. And it had, I think, I think it's one of those movies that had like weird release issues where like it was made and then wasn't actually put out till like two years later or something like that. I don't like this film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, but I'm glad it's picked up. Yeah. Both uh, of them. But if you get a chance to watch it sometime, I highly yeah. recommend it. It's actually really good. I just can't think of the fucking cat's name. That's okay. And, we we can always fill in. The you know, gaps. later on. When a, we're another hour into this podcast and it pops into my mind, I'm just going to blurt it out. And it's okay. Know. We'll have it on record. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come to us. But, uh, yeah, speaking of Alan Tudyk, right? Wow, I, that was quite the tangent. Way no, off in the okay. Solomon Like, we were talking about connections earlier with actors mm-hmm. and actresses. So this is one of them. I remember also from the movie Dodgeball. Oh, right. Yeah. Steve the Pirate. Yeah. So, uh, this is a movie we talked about just along, right? He so happens to be in this film, Dodgeball, we're speaking of, which he's also in some Kevin Smith films. And uh, we even mentioned him playing a substitute role or like a remake version of with, uh, we just mentioned the film, right? The uh, final chapter, Teddy. Basically, we're just telling you about all the things we like. Yeah, so anyhow, yeah, so anyhow I'm sure. <laughs> I remember him from both those Basically, films. A Knight's Tale, Dodgeball. He also voiced in Rogue One K2SO. He just had a wow. major credit. Yeah. With Star Wars. K2SO is like the coolest droid in the movie universe. Second coolest droid in the expanded universe because nothing's better than HK47. Sorry. But uh, K2SO is incredible. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it's it's awesome. Way to go, Alan Tudyk. He was in a film also with uh, a Mr. Will Smith in iRobot. He was. Yeah. He I forgot also, about that. I think I only watched that movie once. He voiced a character in a kid's Maybe movie. Twice. A Disney Pixar movie in Frozen. You know what? I have managed to avoid Frozen. I haven't really watched it. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces. I don't know how 
like I've of course of course I've heard the the goddamn song. Like yeah, who you, hasn't? you don't get to avoid the song. Unfortunately, that's the universe we live in. Yeah, but, it happens. Uh, it's popping up in this podcast. So go figure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to name it. Fuck you no, guys. That's okay. But we everybody knows what we're talking about. So he he's got some familiar credits and uh he does a good job as Tucker in this. But, so who was he in Frozen though? Like I said, I I don't remember. I'm gonna look this up just because that is a pretty major credit. No, it is. It's no discredit to him. But I mean, it's a it's a child's movie, and I don't have children, even though I have nephews and a niece. But you know, it's different. He's Duke. I don't know who Duke is, but cool. He's Duke. If you know who Duke is, anyway. Back to other cast, I guess. Yeah, so I guess the the lead actress possibly in this film is uh, Katrina B- uh, Bowden or Bowden. She plays Allison or Allie, Allie. right? Uh, she has some pretty cool credits. I mean, after this film, she did uh, Thirty Rock. She was in the American Pie series. She did the uh, reunion film. Uh, she was in another National Lampoon's film called Sex Drive. Oh, um, which is a, it's a good comedy. I've seen it, mm-hmm. and she's mostly known for doing television series. Uh, she has more credits than that. But, uh, yeah, she had a pretty cool role in it. Uh, then you got Chad, would right? be the other next biggest character. Yeah, I would agree, in the series of actors and actresses. Now, Jesse Moss, mm-hmm. who played Chad, is cool the credits. is one of the credits where I'm like, oh, this is definitely a Canadian flick. Because one of his early credits oh, yeah. is a horror credit. He did two episodes are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, he did. Which almost all those early Nickelodeon shows... A lot of Canadians. Were Canadian. Yeah. Uh, I tried to rewatch... Well, we have plans to do something with Are You Afraid of the Dark? So, Justin, if you're listening, I will get your copy back to you someday. <laughs> uh, I just have to have it until we go through it for the sake of the show, because we are doing something with it. We've just been kind of lazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. With approval from the Midnight He's been Society. in two episodes of that. I used to watch the shit out of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I mean, oh, I watched it every Saturday night. Dude, on fucking, yeah. Nickelodeon was the shit for well, a yeah. long time. From, you know, for, for, luckily for me, from, I'd say all the way from the from the mid-80s, late-80s, when I watched it, all the way through the, for me, through the late-90s. Yeah. And I, I was thankful because, as you can see by the shirt I'm wearing, there's a lot of characters that I grew up with. Dude, you're, yeah, you can I wasn't it. even thinking about the fact that your shirt is like, pure nickelodeon right now yeah i mean it's just i'm looking at reptar i see nigel thornberry yeah i mean i got, got rocco you got the rugrats Tommy. down there hey um, arnold yeah fucking you know you got them all man i even got rocco yeah dude who doesn't like rocco Helga Pataki. yeah i mean come <laughs> on man so i mean it's just funny that you that we're mentioning this but yeah i grew up loving that show that was it, it's funny in a sense because on saturday nights like so the nineties what we're talking about here is um from I think from like eight to ten on the East Coast you had SNCC. SNCC. And it yeah. was a part of SNCC. And then after that for me, being you know, that I had uncles that were older and they were more liberal in the way we got to watch T V. So I got to watch um Tales from the Crypt almost like right after. Oh nice. So, you know, I had an experience at that age where you're like ten, twelve, you know, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen years old, watching certain shows on Nickelodeon to jumping on HBO and watching 
even more frightening. Dude, you, re- you rewatch that Are You Afraid of the Dark, and it's oh. so fucking Canadian. Oh, it is. It's hey? ridiculous Canadian. Just, I'm sorry, about? Canadians, but no, I have nothing against Canadians. But you're right. I mean, I mean you're Canadian. not going to be mad. You're Canadians. You're not going to be mad at me for saying that. Look, but I like Canadians. you'll be polite at me. Yeah, we'll be polite back. Eh? Hey, hey, go to. Tea I'll House. buy you a Molson's or a Labatt, whatever you like. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm being honest. Uh, I mean, I'll give me some Timbits. Yeah. Okay, anyway, I've, I've had fun, but you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because he's also in another Canadian film that's a horror film, a proper horror film, which has a super cutie pie, which we'll mention in a little bit. Uh, but he was in the movie Ginger Snaps, which oh. we talked about. We haven't done werewolf movies, which this no. one is a bit of a werewolf movie. Ginger Snaps, good film. Uh, it has an actress. Actually, that's funny. Uh, another Canadian comedy horror werewolf movie, Wolf Cop. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, we're talking about Canadians. They're getting their proper due. All right, it's a Canadian film, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, American Canadian film. But um, that actress, the main actress in that film, she also was in the show Hannibal, which we mentioned a few times. She played in season two with Michael Pitt. She was uh, his sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh. Cutie pie. Alert. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. God, I already need to re-go through that show. That's another one that we have some plans for, but we'll yeah. get to. Anyway, onward and upward. Yeah, we'll mention Ginger Snaps later on, because that's a good film if you like Canadian films. Uh, what else do we have? Who else oh, do we have? Hold on. He, oh. before, he, also, he was also in Final Destination Oh, three. that's right. Yes, he was. Yeah. And here's an interesting fact, right? Because, you know, we like the little tidbits. In terms of his acting credits, he has played the character, not the character Jason in the sense of, you know, the slasher Jason, but just the name Jason five different times. Wow. Yes. It's funny because there is a character in this film whose name is Jason that is not him, which I'm about to mention. You know, I was about to say, most of those other characters, I didn't even really catch their names. No, they didn't really mention them. They just had a, you know... If you're, if you're looking on the database or if you're looking elsewhere. Uh, but the guy I was talking about who actually did play Jason was uh, Brandon J. McLaren. He was the gentleman later on in the film who winds up... Um, he gets a roast. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's a Canadian because he's been in a lot of Canadian shows. Uh, he was also in Power Rangers, I noted. I like, what? Another Power... All right. Yeah. It was called SPD, Power Rangers SPD, whatever that is. I don't know. Super putty department. I don't know. Super Power Ranger department. I don't know. No discredit, but he was in it along with Waitress Talkwell, Sasha Prey, right? It's pretty cool. Um, he was also on the show The Killing. Okay, I never Netflix. did watch The Killing. That but... show is amazing. The first two seasons, really solid. Seasons three is good. It's just a little different. Um, I guess it was the way of wrapping up the show. Let's see what else. He was in the show Graceland. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, I know a couple of people that have watched Graceland. Though. Yeah, but he's he was. I think he's more well known for that. But like I said, he was also. I think we mentioned too. Like certain actors and actresses were in a show called Kyle X Y. He was one of them. Okay. Okay. Now, see, I I did watch the entire first season of Kyle X Y, but I really don't remember it that well. To be completely honest, it was when it was first airing, yeah. and I watched it week to week. So, like, I didn't even sit down and marathon it and get all the information at one time. Like, <laughs> I was catching, I was keeping up on it. But... I, just, I just noticed it as I, like, hold on. All right, some of these actors and actresses are Canadian. It makes sense that they would do certain shows or movies together. 
So just keep in mind, we're going to mention this show two more times. Okay, so give it to me. <laughs> okay. Um, he did not play in Kyle XY, but he was the sheriff in this movie. And that belongs to uh, Philip Granger. Okay. Uh, he, right now, is more, more well-known for like a kid's movie called Monster Trucks. He has some kind of credit to that film. I don't know if it's voice acting or whatnot. Dude, kids' movies make a fucking killing. So they, they're them. they're destroying kids' movies right now. They're just destroying box. They offices. always destroy. They <laughs> always know? do. But he was also in the killing okay. as well. He was also in a show called Rogue. Uh, mm. Never watched it, but he had a a pretty big role in it. I think he's more well known for um, doing a lot of producing and editing and stuff okay. like that as well. I mean, he does a kind of multitasking. Another person, like I said, we were mentioning about Kyle XY, she has the title of Naomi. She gets, uh, she has an incident with a, a lawn. Okay, her, gotcha. <laughs> Tool, so to speak. Um, her name is Christy Lang. She was in the show Arrow. So if you're familiar with this actress, she's on the show Arrow. Do you have who she played in Arrow? Uh, I don't. I just wrote down that she was on the show. Damn. Okay, I, know. I have to look this up because I watch Arrow. She's also in Although Scary I, Movie Four. I will admit that which I we may, we mentioned Scary Movie right with Scream. She's in the franchise. Uh, she's also in Percy Jackson in the Olympians, a Lightning Thief. So if you're familiar with that, she's in these. Uh, I guess we're we're gonna find out what she's in in Arrow. Oh, okay, yeah, but she's, she was, she she's was, Carly Diggle. I don't she was know one of why the, I didn't recognize her. One of the trio sense. who were also in uh, Kyle XY. So we've got one more actress to mention who I'm going to mention right now. Go for it. Um, I believe she pronounces her name uh, Shaylin Simmons. She plays Chloe. She was also in uh, Percy Jackson, Lightning Thief. She was, like I mentioned, she was the other actress who was in Kyle XY. Wow. Um, she was also in Smallville. Okay. Right. Uh, she was also in Final Destination Three, and uh, she was in the movie Good Luck Chuck with Dane Cook and uh, Jessica Alba. So she's had some, you know, some other credits outside of this film. But and Hannibal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. So that I think also, if I'm not mistaken, I think there were certain seasons shot in maybe Vancouver for oh, Hannibal. I, I'm sure lots of things are I shot think, in Vancouver. Yeah, they're in other other parts of Canada, of course. But uh, she completes the trio in terms of the show Kyle XY. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Actually, I'm kind of... <gasps> she <laughs> she actually was a Together fan in the background. In really? Together. Yes. Wow, so there's another Together connection. That's pretty funny. There's only one other like film credit I gave mention to. I mean, there's other... I think there were like two or three other actors, but they had really small bits. Yeah, like I said, um, I, the other one was the at kid least who one drove of them. the truck, or the actually drove the car. Okay, yeah. His name uh, is Travis Nelson. He plays Chuck. Um, he's known for like these independent films called Dark Hearts, uh, Haunting Melissa, which is a TV show, and a film called Embrace of the Vampire. Okay. All right. So that was what I got for film credits. Uh, more or less, probably the first four or five characters we named are more important, more so than the others. Way more. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't discredit anything. From the, the other credits? The first kid to die, I didn't even realize was part of the group until he was in that scene. Yeah. And that's the one I didn't give credit to. Whatever. Not anyway. that it affects the film. No, actually... He did a he, good job. Yeah. He had a kind of a cool death. He got called back a couple times. Yeah. But, um, Do you want me to... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wait to, before I hit this section. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, for a warning, there's a little bit of language. Language, like, so we mentioned gore because there's a really good special effects. So the, the special effects are really good, but they're all very quick. Nothing's really... Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you're comfortable with um, Dead Alive, films like that, 
it's nowhere near that gory. No, that's what I'm just saying. If you're if but, you're comfortable and familiar with that, this is tame comparatively. Yeah, the gore effects that are in it are good. No, no, they're they're excellent. It's just um, they're not they're not up that that level. No, that's not the point of the film. It's not it's not meant to scare you. It's, no. And like I said, it's more. I, I feel like it's more of a, a comedy of sorts. It's still a horror film, but it's it's more definitely comedy. more comedy. Yeah. Um, and so, let me see. Like I said, language, this one, some nudity. We t- we mentioned gore, some vi- a little bit of violence. And just to refresh, right before we go into the section, I mentioned that this one sort of riffs more on old school slashers, but it does something interesting, and I want to use that as the crossover to get into the guts and bolts because yeah. i kind of want to dive into that i'm ready all right guts and bolts guts and bolts time right yeah here we are into the guts and bolts uh so the first thing like i said that i kind of wanted to to touch upon is although this more riffs on the old school slashers i would argue that it is possibly the origin story for a more modern slasher with the character of chad yeah, now whether we're in the guts and bolts, it's spoiler time. So yeah, well, I'm saying, by the way, Chad's a fucking dickwad. He is. And obviously, yeah. I mean, from the title alone, Tucker and Dale aren't actually fucking bad guys. So somebody had to be the evil. Well, yeah, there's always, you know, a dark side to the light side, and he's a part of the dark side. Yeah, big time. Oh, yeah. And the other weird thing, especially watching this movie almost twice in a row. Yeah. Is that the movie opens with basically its epilogue? I agree. I agree. It is. I just thought that was an interesting choice. Especially because you can see him. You just maybe not realize it's him, I guess. I Although not... I mean, since this is like my fifth or sixth time watching movie Well, you know, all, interestingly enough, like I like, said, it's... it's. Uh, I do I do feel like if you watch it that many times, you know, of course, more than once, mm-hmm. then you realize, oh, yeah, this is definitely what I was waiting for at the end of this film. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, that spoiler is already at the beginnings. Yeah, I think you could count it kind of his origin story. It seems like he becomes a slasher by the end of it that may even end up falling in the more traditional vein if he ever gets to accomplish his main thing, which will probably be to try to still kill off these three, which is what I imagine the sequel is going to be about. It would make sense, you know, given the circumstances. Uh, I have a feeling he's going to hold some sort of vendetta. It would make sense. Because he lives... And like I said, it seems like it's it sets him up as a more modern slasher. Yeah, I mean, given the course of events, makes it whether that happened throughout this film, it would. He even does the sense. Mike Myers death. Yeah, he does. It's pretty and awesome. So, yeah, well, like I said, we'll get to see some pretty interesting things. We'll talk about them, you know. But yeah, I I feel like that's a strong argument for uh, for what happens beyond possibly. God, this movie. So oh, it's, it's a really good movie. It's it's funny. Like, so we'll talk about that. Really yeah. funny. It's clever, especially the first time. The humor it. is really funny. I mean, like I said, it's it's the way it's portrayed. A lot of ad libbing, you could probably tell. And I like the way how they how they spoofed or maybe satired certain things. You know, almost all of Alan Tudyk's role uh, lines are kind of gold. He's, there's yeah, a couple he's that I wrote down. I'm not going to like go through all of his jokes in the movie. No, there's I don't think either ones. one of us are just going to go through all the jokes in the movie, but. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of them. They're they're good. They're there's some good solid one-liners. Yeah, but there's yeah, there's some definitely some good things. Yeah, it kind of like we said though, it opens with the epilogue. You get to see the camera man and the record reporter getting killed. Yeah, they're inside of a cabin, right? And they're reporting uh on the scene of a crime 
right? That's what the camera guy mentioned. He's like, hey, this this is still you know scene of. She's like, you know, she she makes mention of something about um, the the cops might have missed something, and they need to get reporting, and she can she can feel it, and the I think she winds up going into like another little room in that cabin, but um, the cameraman he talks about you know they need maybe a press pass or a uh, a permit. And she talks about the Peabody Award, possibly, mm-hmm. you know, for covering this. But then she winds up getting smacked right in the face with a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> and cameraman gets killed, too. You yep. see him in the with the, the way the camera falls. You see yeah, like, it's like the drop camera effect where you see the, the camera person on the ground with the blood. That's and the, then that's the camera the gets picked up. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the director. And the camera gets picked up, and you see Chad... As he ends up by the end of the movie. Yes, it is. All fucked up. He's, I think he picks it up, has like a close-up of his, like a charred-looking face. And then it goes into the, the movie kind of proper, I guess. Yeah, so from, from what I understood of that whole little opening, it was a play a little bit on the Blair Witch. Yeah, or just like sort of found footage in general. Cause, exactly. I mean, because technically like... Uh... Well, considering this film did come out in 2010. Mm-hmm. Right? So I mean, it could have spoofed on a lot of things, but you know... Well, I was also thinking just because, like, the fact that, like, they always played up, like, this this film is based on true events and all <laughs> yeah. of, like, the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff. Good point, too, because there's a lot of that going on in this film as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opening, I mean, this movie, because, like I said, we don't really want to tell you all the jokes. No, there's some there's some good ones. There's some that but you it's should go and listen to. It's, it's really kind of clever what they do. It opens up and you see the group of kids that you know are going to be all the victims because you're essentially just like, as I've already called back to, you're essentially just like looking at the group of kids from uh, the final chapter. Exactly. Heading out to the woods to party. And like I said, even if you looked at the movie um, Behind the Mask, you know, you see that in this film. I mean, it, it like I said, it's interesting because it does play on certain aspects of uh, the slasher realm. You know, you get this group of popular kids, and you get a group of stoner kids, and you kind of get the first entrance of uh, Tucker and Dale yeah. as they pull onto the road and kind of freak out the college kids. Yeah, and then they pull up beside them, and you see them, and they look all creepy and shit. Yeah, the big funny. takeaway though is that the kids are all kind of dickwads. Yeah, uh, you can tell because they're they're college kids, right? And they make mention of like a fraternity fraternity that they're a part of. Right. And everyone who's not a part of it's a freak. It's like Omega Beta or some shit yeah. like that, right? Anyhow, yeah. One of the girls Morning mentions... Chad. Yeah. One of the girls mentions uh, that they're out of beer, so they have to make a beer stop. I, was, I actually wrote that that was the first scare in the movie, that there's no beer. Yeah. she. It's just like a girl pops out of the back. It's a big SUV, apparently, because there's a lot of people. There's also one weird thing that stood out to me. Yep. In this first, uh, this first series... Up until about 15 minutes in the movie, there's there's a couple scenes where Dale and Tucker are shown drinking beer. In the first 15 minutes of the movie, oh, yeah. they're drinking cans of beer that are just labeled beer. Yeah. And they kind of look, oh, God, I was trying to place the label. Was it kind of like the old Miller label, or was it kind of like the like old that. Olympia label, kind of? I, I didn't really pick a whole lot of attention to it. To be but it just said thing. beer. Yeah. However, past like the fifteen minute point in the movie, whenever they have a beer, it's a PBR, and they even mention PBR Pibber, by name yeah. later. Some blue ribbon. So I'm wondering if maybe that first part was shot way earlier as like a screen treatment to get it all approved or something, or considering the editing, maybe. Especially because that whole first sequence is is pretty funny and really does set up the movie because 
they they end up going to the gas station for beer, and Dale and Tucker are already there. <laughs> it's funny and it sort happens. of sets them up as like in the, like the creepy hillbillies. Yeah, because when they go inside, the only already... difference is is you get to see both sides. Yeah, you do, you do, you get to see the the point of view from the college kids how they view Dale and Tucker and the residents, which is honestly kind of creepy. Yeah, but it's funny because if uh, like for me, I grew up in the southeast, so I'm kind of familiar with. Some of the, the tones and the, the conversations. Well, honestly, it's and not too and... far off from a lot of the shit that I grew up with. Well, yeah, I mean, out there's here rural, rural parts Montana out here, yeah. too. There's and... rural parts all over the United States mm-hmm. for that matter. So, yeah, it's not just Southeast, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was still kind of like, mm, this place is a little sketch. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's funny because. Uh, when... But you do get to see the other side of it. And you fucking. Do. You do. Dale's just a sweetheart who thinks the chick's cute. Yeah. He just he's just socially awkward, right? Mm-hmm. He just doesn't know how to approach them. He just what we find out in a little while that he has a sort of an inferiority complex, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's funny because they have an interaction where the lead actress in this movie, right, the girl Allie, she she goes into like a certain section of that store, and she looks up. There's like some eggs and some other stuff, right? And she removes it, and you see Dale. Kind of like just uh, looking at her, and she gets spooked, and he just kind of starts playing with something. But it kind of portrays his character further on in the movie, mm-hmm. right? So you kind which of get he actually ends up buying some of those eggs. Too. Yeah, he does. It's funny, which leads to a funny encounter. <laughs> yeah, and he freaks him out and walks over. Yeah. Like Tucker gives him some advice, and he walks over holding he tells a him giant like he's fucking handsome scythe. For the most part, like most I, part. I read, it's like with some of these, with the scythe and things like that. They were paying homage to certain films, you know what I mean. But it was—they did a lot of that going on. But everybody ends up. They, he kind. I mean, he spooks the kids, and they kind of all go on there. Yeah, like, then he's like, "You going camping?" And then he starts like doing this hysterical laugh. Yeah, because he tells them to be like happy and laugh, like <laughs> smile and laugh or whatever. And, yeah, and then Chad comes out and starts to like do these little kung fu moves at him, try to fend them off. He's like, "All right, man, I'm sorry." I'm so yeah, it, it, he fails. Dale is. I guess I could have talked about it earlier, but while we're mentioning Chad, like, dude does a good job. He's kind of scary later on. Yeah, he's got he some cool credits. Like he was in uh, Final Destination. He's got ginger snaps. He's been in some pretty cool credits. He kind of reminded me of Sean Penn. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Kind of reminded me of Sean Penn and kind of reminded me of Norman Bates and Psycho. He could probably pull it off. That's uh, a good point. Huh. I was pretty impressed with him throughout the... No, he, he does a good job. He, he goes larger than life, and everyone kind of comments it, on it in their own little ways and shit. Yeah, uh, it's pretty funny. But he, he does a good job. He, he lives up to his character. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, so they're they're kind of going on their way after all that shit, though. Yeah, so both the, the college kids and Dale and Tucker are splitting up. So then it goes to Dale and Tucker, right, in the truck, after all this events that played out with Dale and the Tucker camp kids. Tucker's still trying to... Keep his keeps his hopes up, giving him a yeah. You know, he he's his buddy that tries to you know prep him up, right? Tucker tells Dale that he has that inferiority complex, and you know that's why he's in order for him to to get what he wants, he has to go after it, right? Mm -hmm. And anyhow, they're drinking beer, and he talks about you need to grab life by the by the horns or some something like that. He winds up dropping the beer. Yeah, so the cop pulls him over for a taillight being out. You find out. You know, it looks like. Dale funny, is giving Tucker roadhead, especially because the way his shit gets caught when he sits back upright, it even rips his it shirt rips off. It rips his shirt off, right? I think his shirt got snagged on his, like, his zipper or some shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was something Jeez. weird. 
Looks like it was giving him roadhead. Yeah, just as a sheriff pulling him over for the the, but then the, the sheriff on. just sort of gives him an ominous warning. Yeah, because that's another thing where it, it's pretty, it reminded like it. me of like Hills Have Eyes with like the stop into the gas station. Good like point. you don't want to go up that fucking way. Like is he uh, but death and this and that. He's 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 almost like an Ahab of sorts. Almost. Almost. Not quite. But they they end up continuing on their way, get to their place, their vacation home. Yeah, up at Moore's Lake. Yeah. Uh, Nothing but pain and suffering up there. Tucker fulfilled their dream and sunk all of his money into finally buying a vacation home. And yeah. And psyched to get there. And the place looks like a fucking serial killer was living there. It does. And I think some of it, you know, once they step inside and kind of walk around, it looks like certain scenes of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but the Dale and Tucker, they both... They see it as a fixer-upper. Uh, I think even Dale mentions that it's a mansion, you know? So these these are just good old boys having a good time trying to get a place where they can vacation, man. I think even think that's when they step in and they see all those newspaper clippings, too, on that uh, that little bulletin. It's like all these newspaper oh, yeah, clippings. Oh, and they get the excited swings. about the coupon that doesn't expire. Yeah, he's like, buy, buy three, get two free. Three hot dogs, get two uh, free. Chili dogs. Yeah. I they thought were, that was funny. Yeah. That's some of their little humor, but... Uh, I didn't even think, like, as in a Tucker, he starts leaning up against a little wooden post. I was going to say, this is where you find out the, the beam is all fucked up. It's rigged and you, up. And you knock it, and the shit comes down, it's all nails and shit. Yeah, and so it makes you think, like, say, what we've already witnessed a uh, film right before this, right? There's that Chekhov's gun right there, just waiting to go off. Yeah, so waiting somebody's already off. rigged up that house. They just didn't know it. This was one of the lines from this movie that I did have to write down. It cuts back over to the kids, and they've set up a fucking campsite. Yeah, the little And the camp. first thing you hear is one of the... Uh, God, uh, Jason. Yeah. I think yeah. asking the group, I guess. It's like, he has recurring If you have dreams. a recurring dream about sucking a dick, but you never actually do it, are you gay? <laughs> I totally. <laughs> and he's like, wait, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was funny, because I did have that written down. And it, it, it jumps from having this, you know, weird dream fantasies maybe to uh do you want to hear a scary story and so, chad starts to tell a story about a, yeah. uh chad is as soon as they get out in the woods chad turns ready, into man. a total creep job and starts just like <laughs> it's the weirdest thing so nobody really wants to listen to what he has to say yeah and they all kind of tell him that but whenever he says something they always follow what he says they do without question for the most part but, like, this was kind of out of nowhere. Like, Chuck was trying to tell a story, and... Got cut uh, off. Yeah. Chad muscles his way in and tells his story of the massacre instead yep. that nobody gave a fucking shit about. No, it was weird, because he starts telling a tale of uh, the Memorial Day Massacre, which happened 20 years ago. And you see the flashback to it. It's actually pretty fucking sweet. The I liked it. It was really Bill good. Billy's killing some campers. Yep. Uh, uh, one survivor. <laughs> the other cool thing from that scene... Is especially as we were just talking about 420 earlier, mm-hmm. Chad takes a hit, puffs on his inhaler. Yeah, <laughs> takes yeah. A, he takes a hit, then takes a hit off his inhaler, and then blows it all out. I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah, he did too. <laughs> nah, <laughs> but no, no, no. It's it is pretty funny, man. But the, the, like, is the story that plays out as he's telling the tale. I don't know, like an archival footage of sorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So we find out that this is... Uh, Which an... couldn't actually be archival footage. No, 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 but... of course not. But just the way it's played out. Yeah, it looks like an old film. And yeah. Shit. yeah, so after that, I think what happens is a, a, another one of the campers comes out. It's like, there's a lake back there. Let's yeah, go skinny dipping. Skinny dipping. So yeah. And so what this is kind of doing in effect, this is kind of how some of the Friday the 13th movies play out. 
this once again is kind of like final chapter where they go to yeah, Skinny absolutely, Dipping. man. So um, this is straight out of certain flicks we've already covered. So here you go. However, down at the lake, Dale and Tucker are already down fishing. Yeah, they're out fishing. This is and a this is where they have PBRs. They do. They suddenly don't have beers. I like they this little PBRs. this little exchange they have too because it's funny. Uh, this is. I almost didn't write notes on this scene because it's only like ten seconds long. Yeah, the, the gist of it is is there's like one last beer in that little. Except they had PBRs. Cooler, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. There's one last beer. Dale says, "Oh, Tucker, that's yours. I'm just you know give it to you." He says, "Well, there you go. That's why you never get what you want." Because he's like you're being uh, the good Samaritan all the time. Right, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> Dale goes to reach for it. And he he slaps. And he's like, "What did I just tell you?" He's like, "That one's mine." <laughs> you know, he says something to that effect. So what he's doing is he's trying to teach him how to stand up for himself. And he even as he's going for it, Tucker still slaps him. He's like, "Look, dude, you're not getting that one. That's still mine." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like that's that, that wasn't the point. <laughs> but anyway, that was a funny little exchange. The can, big thing is right after there's that. There's a quick little. Snippet right after that exchange, right? What snippet are you thinking? And the, while they're in the lake, and they have that little exchange about the beer, and Tucker's trying to teach him how to stand up for himself. Right before the cue back, I think, to the college kids, you get to see a real quick glimpse of what looks like a shadow character in another boat. It almost looks like there's somebody spying on them from that little what, pond or lake that they're in. Oh. Yeah, there's a, like a quick, maybe maybe half a second to a second exchange right after their exchange i was gonna say the next big thing is though is that it does cut to a scene where you get to see chad being a real dick for the first time yeah. he's got a couple beers in him and he comes out and he spooks Allie. yeah and he's being kind of he's not being racist he's being classist no he's being elitist for elitist, sure for sure i'd say he tells so i i really wrote things. down what it kind of reminded me of is uh, Lovecraft actually touches on some of the oh, shit because because yeah, these guys were would have been like the, the New Englanders well, yeah. coming down into Appalachia, and him just like they're not being racist because it's not about them being non-white. It's about exactly. their blood just being this weird. It's they're 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 different. They are the other somehow. It's it's classist. It's elitist, and it's also in a way it's subverting people to become subhuman mm-hmm. in their eyes you know um it's it's weird but that's kind of what's happening in this exchange that and he's Chad's like having. me and you are different we're not we're not like them yeah he said we're even cut from the same cloth is what he tells her uh he's, he's he tries a to really like, good bad guy in this no that's what i was thinking he's, he's like he's a really good bad guy in this movie. when i feel like when a an actor or an actress or whomever gives a performance where you you kind of like you start to really despise them as a character, yeah, not as I the person, but like... the character, yeah. Well, the, the funny thing is, though, is he's so fucking melodramatic, and he fucking pushes everything to being oh, about yeah. him. That's I do, I do feel like everyone kind of calls him on it a little bit. They do, but they still allow him to make the decisions. Well, we find out reasons, maybe why, possibly. It cuts back to the boys fishing, though. Yeah, they are. And this is when they notice that the kids are going skinny dipping. Yeah, there's uh, what I call... Tucker wants to go see. There's BOTs in the lake, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Unfortunately, they kind of spook Allie. 
Yeah, she's, she's like on good. a little rock, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. And Dale's Dale trying to be all kind see. of gentlemanly he wants and shit. To be, yeah, he wants to be... Uh... And Tucker's just like, shit, I just want to get a small look. Like, I'm not trying to creep too hard, but... Yeah. Like, look at... Like, you don't get to see this shit every day. Like, look at them. They're all good looking. Like, Yeah, I mean, they're fit, is what uh, what we'd say. Yeah, yeah, they're fit. <laughs> uh, but she falls off the rock. Because they... they kind of... She gets spooked by their presence. She doesn't know their intentions. And after a little bit, they notice she's not coming up. Yeah. So they go save her life. They drag her in the boat. But the friends see. Yeah, and this is a funny exchange because it's first the and girl, this is the Chloe. First, well, maybe not the first misunderstanding. No, the no, first no, misunderstanding was the gas station. but the, the first one that involves Allie. They try to say, we got your friend. Oh the kids take it as, we got your friend. Like, we just got your friend. Not like, hey, you know, you might want to come get your friend because they're hurt. They misinterpret it exactly what happens. So they get spooked and they run off out of the lake, right? The kids do. The college kids. And they're like, whatever, we got to take care of her. Yeah. They take care of her, get her back to the house. Mm -hmm. Another misunderstanding almost right after, but Allie is more receptive because she notices what's going on. She freaks out when she, well, she wakes up, she's looking around. Yeah, she wakes up a little bit later, but I think right after that exchange where they take her back to the cabin, it goes to those kids and they catch Chad up to speed with what's going on and that's where he catches uh kind of wind of what's happening with Allie because he stayed behind he didn't go skinny oh, is that yeah is that where they're like oh i thought i saw her eating her face off or something or is that coming yep. up right after because i know no, no, it's, it's right out that. here because that's i think that's what one of them says it looked like he was eating he's like um i know it was in the shadows so i think it does come up here though i made a couple notes throughout and I, this is the first time or I think I think that specific part is coming up right after the scene with Allie. Yeah, no, but, no, it is. But the kids do catch up, uh, Chad. Chad on then, what then you see that scene of the one-eyed dog with Allie waking up out of the bed, and she's freaking out at first because she doesn't know where she, she thinks is. She's hostage, and freaks out more when Dale comes in. He made her but something. He's such a sweetheart because she notices and hears him. He thinks that she just doesn't like pancakes. It's funny because at first maybe it's like a like a misery kind of thing going on, like. Mm-hmm. Here, eat this, or you know, so that's well, maybe what's running through her mind. She gets and, spooked a little it bit. It also reminds me of like a like Texas Chainsaw Two when Leatherface takes it, like yeah, the girl. And... Exactly, that's a good point too. But yeah, Dale misinterprets it as she doesn't like the pancake, so he goes back and gets her something else. And she sort of starts to calm down and think about it, and yeah, uh, and then we get this is where they're talking about. Oh, I thought I saw him eating her face. Yeah, this is exactly where it goes on. And then they start mentioning about getting cops involved, and the Chad doesn't like the say, idea. I was going to say, the big thing about this whole scene is everything that the sen- friends say makes sense. You should do at least one of those things. There's enough of you, you could do all of them. Oh, yeah. And they all make sense. They're all something you should do. Chad nixes all of their ideas. <laughs> he, he does. He's like, Chad is he's, the worst. Don't this get is, the cops. This is at the first he's part adamant. Chad is starting to sort of break a little bit already. Just like being exactly. out in the woods, he's starting to sort of break a little bit. His, uh, Which, his... being New England Tide, yeah. and I already brought up the classism of the Lovecraftian themes, yeah, that makes that's sense. also something that happens a lot in Lovecraft stuff, is something, somebody having impure blood and going back to a place and no, that's changing. Yeah. yeah, because he goes from, from maybe Because we mind. find out he's part hillbilly yeah from appalachia up there in west virginia <laughs> which is a big deal in this movie the fact that oh, he's part hillbilly yeah because they, they play on the fact that dale and tucker in their minds are these hillbilly figures 
there's even like certain scenes that play out almost like deliberate style, like, like squeal like a pig and all this other stuff. In in Lovecraft's Rats in the Walls, mm-hmm. the main character he goes back to his ancestral home he manages to rebuy it and stuff right and finds out that his ancestors were like involved in some weird cannibalistic cult or something oh, wow. <laughs> uh and there's all sorts of other weird things that go on That's but cool. he just being in that place where they did all these things and having this impure connection to him through his blood right. even though it wasn't a racist thing which is Kind of surprising because Lovecraft was kind of weirdly racist for his time, which is a whole nother topic. Well, yeah, considering. But because of that impurity and being in that place of power, he slowly starts to go crazy and devolves and is thrown into an asylum for the rest of his life and kills one of his friends by the end of the story. It's pretty intense. So this movie is actually kind of weirdly like that. I can see this kid with the impure blood goes back to his place of power, so to speak, yeah. where all this origins. shit happened of his origin. Oh, good point. That's and good point. gradually devolves just from being in that place. Yeah, and then learning uh, certain aspects of their being. Though it's not necessarily because he's a hillbilly, it's because he's fucking psycho. Well, yeah. And came from That's what I was gonna mention, a really is... shitty slashery origin. He, uh, he comes off as a sociopath in certain aspects. Like mm-hmm. I said, he's very controlling, Things have to be done his way. And like I said, he nixes any plans that anybody comes up with. And they just go with it. Yeah, they're like, all right. All okay. of their plans make sense, though. And there's a couple yeah. other scenes where like they get together and talk about what to do. And every time up, nope. what they're saying makes sense. Very logical. You, reason and logic are out the window with Chad. <laughs> oh, here's, I wrote something down that was interesting. Because one of the kids, I think it might have been uh, the kid who played Chuck. He goes off and he's like, I'll be back in a jiffy. One of the kids says, I'm not sure if it's Chuck or another kid. And I was like, oh, Jamie Kennedy talked about these rule breakers. Or, you know, even, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. If somebody I'll says, right I'll back. be right back. But this kid's like, I'll be, he's like, I'll be back in a jiffy. It's pretty much the same thing. Oh, yeah. Because this is, is this where they send the kid? I don't know if this is quite, let me see here. We're getting pretty close. Well, they do walk up on. Uh, they, I think Allie and Dale have another scene. I didn't yeah. really. So It's getting really close. I mostly yeah. took notes on just the fact that they were talking, but most of their scenes are either pure comedy or pure romance. Like there's a little yeah. bit of rom-com. No, there, there is. There is. There's and I really, I mean, I kind of want to just, they talk for a little bit and then it goes back to the kids. That's the big deal. Yeah. Not that it's like said really important because it's not, but it it's does mostly, play on those aspects. It's mostly of it. their jokes or developing their relationship. Yeah. And they do have some good Or both. Exchanges. And um, it, yeah, they do have some good exchanges. And I think a couple of them we'll have to mention because it plays into their characters. But yeah. You know what's cool is, is um, like I said, as those kids are walking up on the cabin, they see inside, and then that's when uh, Dale comes back out with those eggs. Mm-hmm. And then, make a long story short, she makes a comment about not having co- uh, fashion sense because he, she's wearing, like, I guess one of his shirts. He makes comments. They joke a little bit. She finds out about the board games. And so it's like, oh, he drops the... <laughs> I think he drops the plays. Like, oh, yeah, that's my favorite one yeah. right there. But we find out something interesting facts about him. He has a pretty good memory, apparently. The kids are left out there, and I think you see Jangers where he tells Allie that the dog is friendly. Yeah, Jangers. Uh, the kids end up sending. That's when they send that. Kid. Yeah, I put Stoner kids. Basically, what it is Mitch? I think his name is. Tucker's out 
chopping into. He's got the. He's got uh, the chainsaw, splitter, right? Oh no, well, he, yeah, yeah, he's got the chainsaw. He's you're got right, the chainsaw, right, right. and he's he's starting to clear some shit out in the yard, I guess. Yeah, it looks like it may be in the backyard. And he's cutting into this log, and there happens to be a bee nest in it. He yeah, he chops up, right into it. <laughs> chops right into it. Bees start attacking him. He's running off away from the bees. Freaks out the kid. Kid yeah. starts running off thinking that he's attacking him. The way he's swinging it, too, is paying a note to Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well. It's funny. Kid kind of seems like he gets a realization for a second of it when he just sort of pulls up beside him and looks at him weirdly. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because he peels off from him. Wham. Runs right into a downed tree. He impels spears himself. himself. Yeah, it's fucked up. The, uh, that's now, a, uh, an homage to another film. Not only is, is that an homage... That part was the one that hit closest to home for me. I grew up running around on, like, mountain trails oh, yeah, and I've shit in this area. We're not here, but yeah. There were times where, like, some of that down shit, like, if I would have fallen off the path I was on, like, I would have been in a fucking world of hurt. In a big bad way. Oh, yeah. Unforgiving out here. And so I was just like, oh, shit, that's something that I always kind of was afraid would happen to me when I was, like, yeah, eight and, like, running around in, like, the park by my house and shit. Because it had, like, a weird wooded section that you could get up onto that actually stretched for almost, like, three quarters of a mile and shit. That's pretty sweet. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> but no, no, I mean, it's, it's a good point because I, I've had those experiences, too. Like, so running in the woods, living in a, in or a, a right near a state park. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So I was like, oh, shit. Yep. Oh, that's... It's home. That, mm, nope, that's not a good one at all. That scene was um, kind of a, in reference to a scene in Dog Soldiers. Uh, I never a, have watched Dog Soldiers. No, I've, yet. I've read about it. I think I've even seen like bits and pieces of, but not all the way through. I I've need, heard I, some I, I good things to. about it. Heard is a really good one. You check it out. But that's what yeah. it's an ode to. This is where uh, this cues back to Dell and Allie again. Oh he yeah, and this is where he's learned. Yeah, he he recalls everything he's heard. Yeah, and so he's awesome at the trivia. It's basically Trivial Pursuit, but I don't think yeah. they brand it Trivial Pursuit. I think he we, just says trivia. We also find out that Allie is studying psychology. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where Tucker comes back in the house. And he's all stung up by the bees and shit. Yeah. And he's he, a little bit pissed that Dale was just <laughs> hanging out. but Playing board games with Allie. Not out there helping him. <laughs> but uh, here's a part where, actually, this is improvised a little bit with Tucker, uh, Alan Tudyk. He said he goes over and, and gets that beer and pours it on his face. He actually, he improvised oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. so he added that to him. But anyhow, Dale goes over to help pull the stingers off his face. That was cute. Yeah, and then Allie needs to go rest, basically, is what they tell her. You need to go rest. It goes back to the friends. Once again, they're saying good shit, and Chad kind of takes control of everything. And he's a dick. Yeah, it's weird. Um, he, he winds up breaking that girl's phone, right? Yeah. B.O.T.'s phones. Yeah, just because she wasn't picking up a signal. He's like, it's not going to work out here. And so... It's weird. He says he this is like survival of the fittest. We where we should be thankful for the opportunity to, to live and not die. She's like, we're gonna die out here. Oh my god, he's just the biggest dick. That, that's where they find that kid impaled, right? That's not that little scene right there. I think the kids hike, and um, I think isn't it Dale and Tucker? They hide well, because they hear Dale and Tucker. Yeah, and they show up and. Dale's <laughs> talking about beating her in trivia. The trivia game, the board game. And it sounds like they've been beating the shit out of her and that <laughs> they're going to go back and kill her. It's funny. done out here. I wrote down what, he, what they said. He's a, Dale said, he said, uh, he said, I'll beat the crap out of her. And Tucker's like, you beat the crap out of everybody. There's something wrong with your brain. <laughs> well, yeah, they told me that. Yeah, and he's like, well, I'll finish her off. <laughs> That's what the kids hear. So they're still misinterpreting the context of their conversation, the fact that... 
They're not it's really so hillbillies. God damn yeah. it, I love it. The it's, first you know, time around this movie is so amazing. I say you know a lot, I'm sorry, but I was watching a little interview with the two of those guys, Tyler and, and Alan, and they had mentioned that the reason they, they picked these roles is because it really hasn't been done before in terms of how they're playing these scenes out, like this this fear of another group based mm-hmm. off like said, these certain stereotypes. It's just the way that they did it in a comedic sense. is like it really hasn't done been done to that extent. So that's what attracted them to these roles. But I thought it was kind of interesting. And they end up carving a message for him on a log. Yeah. Got your friend. Well, which the sounds axe. really fucking creepy, right? <laughs> it does, man, because as they find it. I thought it was cool. Tucker goes off to split wood and the, that wood chipper, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they go back to the place. Tucker goes off to split wood. Dale starts digging holes. He's asking uh, Allie. Well, she starts to ask about her friends. Um, then he, she winds up offering to, to help dig the ditch, right? She grew up on a farm. She joins in. He's really impressed. They have yeah. kind of a cute little moment. Exactly. But the kids from afar that are looking in... Think look, she's digging her own grave. They're like, damn, they got her fucked up digging her own grave, right? They, they make this plan. Well, Chad... Yeah, impromptu plan. Makes a plan. They get all armed and decide to attack. <laughs> it's fucking wild. So fucking crazy. So there is one thing that I made a, a definite note of because if... I, it kind of pissed me. Well, it didn't piss me off, but I noticed the inconsistency. It was okay. noticeable. So the one guy who attacks with the spear. Yeah, yeah. He he ends up. Well, they turn. Dale accidentally knocks out Allie. Yeah, she falls in that little grave ditch. She whatever. falls in the grave ditch. He ends up tripping, falls on his own spear. Awesome death. Yeah, impales himself. Is pretty wild. Later on, she acts like she remembers it. Oh. She yeah. was out like twice at that point. They definitely yeah, showed her out because it's almost like two seconds later that he actually impales himself. That's Be- a good point. Because no, no, she, she gets, falls in first. Yeah, she gets whacked by the shovel. Yeah, because he turns and hits her. She hits hard yeah. in the grave or yeah. in the grave. It's fucking. Wait, is it like a, a, a shit trench? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then like the guy still runs for another second, then trips. Then falls in the grave and impales himself. Yeah, because he, I, I guess his intention is to try to attack Dale with mm-hmm. that fucking stake, that wooden spear. She definitely later on acts like she remembers it. That's a, a good bit. point, because I think it's back in the cabin where she mm-hmm. tries to recall events. She would not have remembered that No, the way she landed and got hit with the, the shovel? No way, I don't think so. The other kid, though, fucking with his little shiv... Or I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like a little Swiss Army knife is kind of what it looked like. Yeah, that kid, go, he does. He has like a little pocket knife. He... I mean, especially the first time, it's really fucking funny, but Kid basically does hurl himself right into the wood chipper. Oh, my God. Why would you jump attack somebody like that? I don't know. What was he he thinking he was going to accomplish with a wood chipper in in direct line of his path, right? Direct line of path. But they're both understandably freaked out. Go back in the house, drag Allie in there. Oh, my God. And are convinced that it's a suicide pact. Yeah, you know, that, I thought that was wild. How Which that was kid fucking hilarious. Right. Yeah, right in there. It's fucking wild, man. Doesn't um, Tucker, he like he starts to pull on the legs, and the kids, they see it from a point of view where it looks like he's pull, like pushing, pushing him, in, him in there. <laughs> where he's trying to pull him out. He says something funny after all that stuff happens. He says something like, <laughs> while he's home, he's like, are you okay? <laughs> when, it, when it turns off. <laughs> I'm like, who says that? <laughs> but he did. He says that, man. If you catch it, he does. It's funny. They all get back in the house. Tucker finally eventually decides that they need to clean it up. 
because yeah. no one's going to believe their no story. No one's going to believe their story. Yeah, they're, they're innocently out there just fixing up their cabin, and these kids have a suicide pact, and they're just killing themselves all over their property. I also <laughs> love that when he first mentioned suicide pact, Tyler Labine immediately responds, oh my god, that makes so much sense. <laughs> he does. It's awesome. They have good exchanges, man. Those two are good together. So they're going to go clean oh, it up. That's right, because that girl gets splattered. That's, how, that's why he says that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, unless it happens, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking they, so they're gonna go clean it up and it cuts back to the group and Chad is still breaking the fuck up and he's like dude he's going like crazy he does he starts calling his friends pussies and that's when he starts to mention that they they should uh, be they're lucky to have the uh, the chance to live instead of die because that's where that girl she's like you know we're gonna die out here well they, and this is where they're kind of calling him on his shit they're like yeah. dude you're the one that like had Chuck go off by himself and do this and do that. Yeah, and like the whole your fucking idea there. that we're out here in the first place is you. Like, yeah, and what distracts which them? It's on the yeah. anniversary. We're about to find out here. Yeah, man, big one. Which this all ties into like like Leslie Vernon coming up with his slasher story. Yeah, there's an anniversary. That's why I'd say that this is Chad's. Halloween. Yeah, I'd say that this is Chad's first entry. This is his yeah. origin as a Makes slasher. Sense. He's not a full slasher yet. Not yet. So and much the like stages. I mean, much like Freddy in the first one, yeah. in the first Friday the thirteenth. I can see he that. made a couple kind of jokes, but he was more just trying to like fuck with people. Yeah. Whereas later on strict. he becomes a joker. In like the first Oh, I mean in the first fucking uh Friday the thirteenth. Did I call the other one Friday the 13th? Was the other one Nightmare on Elm Street? Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. yeah. I called the other one Friday the 13th. It's okay. And the first Friday the 13th, the killer isn't even fucking Jason. No, it's his mom for the first movie into the second one. You like That's where he has a bag head. So not everything's going to be spot on yet. No, not It's kind no, of no, it's, how I feel with this movie. It's kind of like waiting in the waters, right? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, you're, you're getting some of the old school slasher mixed yeah. with a little bit of the new school slasher. That is cool. And that's kind of his origin story. Yeah. I like it. It's it, it does well. They do a good job. We're... But they're kind of calling him on his shit, though, I noticed. They do. Uh, and they're all kind of looking at him weird when he's saying some shit. And like... Yeah, like, like, that's a horrible plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they had a chance to call the cops. It's interesting because the kids wind up hearing uh, a siren go off in the woods. So they start running after that siren. And he doesn't want to fucking get the yeah. cops involved. He stays behind, but he's also grinding an axe while that's happening. He's sharpening his fucking axe. Yeah, cause... who the fuck does that? <laughs> And does he do like a few times where he's like tossing the axe too? <laughs> Fucking Jason, he's like, dude, that's the whole front of my face. Yeah, <laughs> he just turns his. But yeah, anywho, it's it's wild that he does that. But we find out that um, the sheriff who had an encounter with Dale and Tucker earlier in the film, he's with Chuck now inside of like their little Jeep Cherokee. Like I think that's what it is. And they're heading back to the cabin to check it all out. Yeah, and uh, Chloe runs out in front of him, and she's all distraught because she's got blood from the wood chipper incident with that kid she oh, was right. one of the girls spying and that's like so she got splattered with the blood and then that's where <laughs> that's where and they uh, all ju- yeah they yeah, all end up in there it's funny man and they're heading out there uh tucker and dale are cleaning up they get from the wood chipper yep they managed to get the body out which i had is kind of played for laughs but i had to make a note of the fact that Tucker's kind of an asshole and drags the half of the body right across Dale's face when there was no need for that. (laughs) There was no need to drag the body right across across his his face. face. It is fucked up. But of course the cop shows up 
while they're dragging half a fucking body. Yeah, because all they're doing is just trying to clean up the mess. And it just because happens. they know how it looks. <laughs> yeah, and it just so happens that the the sheriff with the group of kids who are distraught pull up to to this, right? But they start explaining what's going on, or at least they try to. And it's funny because what um, Tucker told would be a well, what he told Dale earlier that whole story about the unbelievable aspect of what's happening. He go he he winds up splurging that story exact to the sheriff. Story pretty much exactly. Yes, sheriff kind of gets intrigued and goes and no checks way. it all out. And he's kind of he he finds he out the honestly, alleys inside. That's he honestly is letting his guard down more than I think he should be. Yeah, but we know that these guys aren't really bad guys. So. Yeah, exactly. They have no bad intentions. They're just caught up in a fucked up situation. But. The Chekhov's gun goes off. Of course, when the sheriff goes inside, yeah. the boys aren't going to hurt him. What's inside that could hurt him? Mm, good point. We'll find out, right? So the kids are freaking out because they see the, the cop going inside. They're like, what is he doing, right? So back inside, we get the, the sheriff, Dale and Tucker. There's he confirms Allie that Allie's inside. okay. Right, exactly. No brain damage. She's going to be fine. Yep. He's not quite sure of their story, but it doesn't matter. Because guess what he leans on? Oh, he leans on that post from earlier where Tucker almost got spiked in the face, right? So he gets spiked right in the right on the like his forehead, right? And the nails are all dude. That was pretty fucked up. Yeah. So he goes stumbling out of the cabin, and the kids are still in that jeep, like witnessing that. And what I thought was funny, there's a funny line that Alan uh, Tudyk says again. He's like, "Oh, he's all right. He's walking it off." Yeah, he's gonna be all right. <laughs> uh, Jesus, the kids freak out. Oh One of the gosh. kids eventually managed to get out to the cop's body and grab the gun. Yeah, he and gets to it trained on. I think it's Chuck, the kid. Yeah, yeah, it's Chuck. I mean, of course, Dale tells him that the safety's on, and as he's trying to figure that out, he oh. fucking shoots himself in the fucking head. Yeah, he points the freaking barrel of that that gun right at his face, blows it off onto the to the window of the jeep. <laughs> Chad runs over and picks the gun up, starts shooting at Dale and Tucker. Did you make note of this with the gun? I'm not sure. Cop had a revolver. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it looked like they had a... Now, it was hard to tell because of the volume of the ricochets, and they were kind of playing with cutting back and forth between the groups, and it was hard to tell what shot was which. Mm -hmm. But with that revolver, he definitely got off nine to 11 shots before he reloaded yeah that doesn't happen with a six shooter no not with a revolver sorry bro i was thinking that too because it looked like a gun that was more designed for a uh like a clip like a maybe a 15 round no i I had to take a look a couple times especially after i noticed how many shots he got off i'm like nope that's uh that's a revolver he's using wow it just got up more rounds than it could hold good old movie guns yeah it happens good catch they get inside. Eventually, it comes down to they have the dog, though. Well, while they're inside, right? Because uh, we're talking about Dale and Tucker, they're inside and they have a little conversation, right? They keep blaming each other for for like certain reasons while they're there and why all this stuff is happening. Well, he blames him being a good Samaritan. Yep. And then uh, Dale says, "Well, I don't even like fishing because oh, yeah, yeah." And it kind of hurts Tucker's feelings a little bit. But that's when they do find out that Chad and the group have the dog Jangers. They hear a yelp, and that's what distracts them. They look over outside the window, and yeah, they got the fucking dog. Well, they come up with a good plan. Yep. And Tyler, 
They created Dale. a diversion because they Creates have a, a nail gun. With the nail gun, yeah. which was pretty sweet. Tucker starts blasting some rounds off. He almost hits uh, Tucker before it even starts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Tucker gets out there, and he actually manages to get the yeah. dog free. He, he rescues Jangers, but as he's laying down from the spot where Jangers is at, Chad and them discover, and he's like, oh, it's in a good day so, for a dog. While Chad does return fire during that, and during that return fire sequence, he gets off eight shots before he could Damn. possibly reload. Doesn't seem like he actually does reload. And then he gets off another three shots for a total of 11 before he goes empty. I have a theory about this. Do you think, like in uh, arcade shooters, that he's shooting off screen to reload? <laughs> That's how that shit's working? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. Before he goes empty. And then he apparently reloads and gets at least one in the chamber before he does get the gun trained on Tucker yeah. after he gets the dog free. But they do catch up with them and he winds up knocking the fuck out yeah because um tucker winds up like covering himself next to like a log with leaves and shit he kind of tries to hide himself as the kids are running through the the woods and chad winds up spotting him punches him in the face knocks him out they're now they got him strung up to in the tree hanging upside down psycho jr oh yeah cuts off a couple fucking fingers yeah it's pretty he, obvious what he does you don't see it but yeah uh, oh, tucker tries very to closely tucker uh, tries to give soon. him a compromise he's like well i got i got, got like 10, 10 or 12, 12 beers, beers. Sing your name on it yeah and then he's the, the kid <laughs> on ice yeah exactly chad's like this is for mike i guess one of the kids had impaled himself uh ally wakes up tucker explains everything that went down to her that's pretty funny he's like your friends take medication because i yeah. think they forgot i think they forgot yeah it is pretty funny but, but then, he starts to break down and cries yeah dude it's i mean because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on like that's really fucked up from everything that's went on from his point of view yeah because what's happening in reality is that the kids are going after tucker and and jangers it weirdly reminded me of the bullies harassing the family in visitor queue that's a good point. That's a very good point because they terrorize. Which them. obviously, that's they're not paying no, homage no, no, to no, no, that no, 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 in no, no, this. But, but there's parallels to it. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly reminded me of that though. I'm, that's a good reference. I'm glad you used it. <laughs> Allie eventually the, goes outside. Yeah. Well, because they they you hear them swing by. She gets the note, the little package out front. Yeah. It's opens a, it's it a up. cloth with fingers inside. Yeah, fingers and a note. Do we you, got your friend now. Do you know what? Dale says to her about the fingers. He's like, oh my god, they cut off his bone fingers. fingers. (laughs) That's supposed to be like the fountain fingers like that. That's supposed to be kind of an homage back to uh, Blair Witch again. But you're right. Hand mutilation always reminds me of Django as well, but I don't think that was the point. No, I think this one was... They paid homage to Blair Witch a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right. Allie and Dale find the note. Uh, Dale wants to to go rescue Tucker. Uh, She tells uh, Dale that her friends thought initially that that they were creepy that first time they encountered them so that's why she's telling dale like why her friends are reacting yeah, the way they i are. actually just literally wrote down in my notes classism exposed yeah it's true i mean she kind of she kind of breaks the down bomb. the truth bomb we thought you guys were creepy right and he winds up grabbing a like a machete right and yeah. he goes out of the cabin goddamn stupid college kids <laughs> yeah oh yeah he well that's the thing he goes uh as he's going off to try to find them and shit he, he finds a trucker cap the, yeah, he finds the trucker cap, but he also finds the impaled kid's yep, corpse. that's what he says. And that. that's when he's goddamn stupid college kids. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he eventually finds uh, Tucker tied up in that tree, and when he enters that little, I don't know, that little clearing, he tells him it's a trap. 
That's what Tucker tells Dale. I'm not. I don't want people to watch this movie because I don't want to spoil what he says. No, it's funny. You should it's definitely so watch it for funny. this. He misses the trap. Yep. It's a good trap. <laughs> and uh, I think Tucker says, "Man, he's like that kid had some serious issues." He's talking about Chad. Yeah. And he's like, this man, vacation this vacation sucks. Yeah, he, like Dale releases him. That's what he says. Man, this vacation sucks. <laughs> I wrote that down too. That's a funny line. Chad and uh, the girl Naomi, one of the girls that was in Kyle XY we mentioned earlier, right? Um, she was the one that popped out of the back of the, the SUV in the beginning about the beer yeah. run. They go to the rescue, right? Yeah, they're, they're going inside the cabin where Allie's still in, right? They and think Allie's they're rescuing like, no her. No one's here. Yeah, like, you can stand up and talk to me like you would. They're doing... convinced she has Stockholm syndrome by the end of it. At yeah, because the girl says, "I remember learning this in one of my classes." Yeah, uh, Chad goes up the deep end like he's asking her if if she loves Dale. Are you in love with him? Yeah, That's as soon as the weird. chick says that, like he immediately just latches on that, like yeah. love with their captors. Are you in love with him? This and that. Tucker and Dale show back up. Mm-hmm. Allie, to her credit. Manages she, to set up a little counseling session. She wants to be a psychiatrist, I believe, right? Did she make make mention of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, just because of the setup of of the tables across from each other and not anything else, it yeah. reminded me of Tusk. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good one. I I'm, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Not because of anything else. No, 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 no. But, but just I know because what you mean. of the setup of the table across from. Each yeah, other because it shit. doesn't play itself off that mm-hmm. way. But I know, I know what you mean. Reminded me of Tusk. I just couldn't get it out of my mind. I love Tusk. We will hit Tusk at some yes. point. Yes. Uh, go out and watch that so you can come back and listen to us when we drop it. We don't know when we're going to do it, but it's going to happen. It'll happen. Anyway, back to this. <laughs> Allie's uh, intention is to get Chad and Dale to kind of talk out what's their misunderstandings of each other. This is one of my favorite Damn, fucking Chad, Chad moments. Damn, Chad. <laughs> Chad. She has Chad go first. And oh, he's hold on. A, right before that. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. This is another. This is another Alan Tidic story, right? Because as she's doing that, this is what he says, Tucker. He says, "Oh, great! I'll provide the finger sandwiches." Mm. <laughs> Some of my favorite fucking that Chad moments. Was fucking funny. I'm sorry. No, that's no problem. I fucking thought it was great too. He goes first, and he's <laughs> all fucking self righteous about it. Oh, where yeah. do I fucking begin? This and that. Like wherever you want. Da, da, da. He tells, like, basically the massacre story, except he tells it more in a way this time that you understand that his like, parents were there. Yeah, his parents, and he's a descendant of this and that. And yeah, his dad didn't. He wasn't aware that his mom was pregnant. He his dad got tortured, murdered. Um, they never found the body. His mom got kidnapped. And then she wound up getting escape, but she wound up becoming institutionalized. And that's the tale that he got from his grandmother. And after he's done, everyone just sort of looks at him like, what, what the, the fuck f- does that have to do with anything? I know. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck does They're that have to do with anything? They're all just like, yeah. so? And, he's, and what he's doing is he's trying and to he equate. he he told them he's trying everything to they need to know. the fact that Dale and Tucker are hillbillies in his eyes. That they're associated with the fact that his parents got attacked by hillbillies back on that massacre. Right? And it's like, he told me, he's like, Dale says, well, I would have been like six years old when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> but even when it's his turn, he's even like, second off, I had nothing to do with that. Exactly. Like, oh, it's so great. His <laughs> other friend bursts in the back. Yeah. They, uh, Jason. Uh, Jason and the, and, and the BOT. Uh, <laughs> you know that reference. I'm sorry, but it's funny. I can't say it out loud. But the girl Chloe comes in, and it's funny, right outside, they see that they're having tea. She's like, oh, I'd like to have some tea right now. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I had this, like, they have some weird exchanges, but 
Uh, oh, they the both... counseling session is where they set up that he has an allergy to chamomile. Yes, we do find that out, that he can't because they wind up drinking uh, Earl Grey. Yeah. They both love it. I love Earl Grey. Dale winds up apologizing for the fact that this happened to Chad's family. Like, he apologizes for that fact. That's when he tells him he would have been six years old. Jason winds up bursting in the door with a fucking weed eater and goes after Tucker, who dodges the attack and winds up whacking that girl Naomi in the face. <laughs> she gets weed eaten. Oh, my gosh. Chad then... Chad throws the lantern, right? Or the... He winds up flipping the table on top of Dale at this point because there's a distraction. Uh, when that happens, uh, he starts to attack Chad... Uh, Chad winds up attacking Dale with that axe he had. Tucker winds up helping Dale get off of that shit. And that's when he throws yep. the lantern, but it misses. And it winds up hitting Jason, right? So Jason's on fire, and Chloe... She's smoking a cigarette. And she thinks she tries to help and ends up throwing <laughs> what I assume was white lightning on him. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. She does. You know, right before she goes smoking, you're right. She gets, He's like, that's not going to help, and it sets him in flames. Jason, that is, yeah. So he's fucked. She's kind of wow. distraught over it all and sits down in the corner. Yeah, that's where she a smokes a cigarette. Turns out it's right next to a bunch of gas. He's like, oh, uh, t- all this shit's on fire now. And then Tucker's like, oh, I meant to get that up earlier. <laughs> it's like just a whole series of events that could go awry. All this shit's on fire now. They manage to gather up themselves enough to get the fuck out of there. Yep. As Chad's getting out of there, he gets tripped up by Naomi. Naomi. The girl got whacked in the face with a weed eater. Chloe's just sitting next to the gas. It goes up. She's done for. Explosion. Yeah. So there's a big explosion that happened. Uh, looks Chad like gets Ch- all fucked up. Yeah. It looks like Chad might have initially got blown up in the explosion, but he comes out of it, right? Because Dale Tucker and Allie are inside of a truck. And now. this is where it really started going kind of slashery to me, where he's just yeah. like suddenly this kind of deformed figure who went through this a transformation of sorts, maybe like a transformation of sorts, a but also. Maybe. But but also just the fact that like he, he kind of I mean movies himself, movies never truly show explosion pressures anyway but he should have died just from that alone. I was thinking that inside the explosion because there's I mean honestly there's no way he could have survived that. No, but I mean so whatever he just yeah, got burned. But that makes him like I mean Freddy was burned. Supernatural. Jason's usually nothing really special to look at. Yeah, no, no. And no, so maybe a, a little point. bit supernatural now. You know. A little bit that I read about, like, his appearance after that, the charredness, it pays homage to a film we mentioned, too, with Evil Dead. That's the other thing that this kind of made me think of, is just, like, somebody going to a place and going crazy, and with evil being a big part of the title. Yeah, because And they go out to a cabin. In the woods. And somebody just goes crazy. Yeah, I mean. That's, I mean, the, the evil just sort of makes people do fucking crazy shit sometimes yeah, like, in the Evil yeah. Dead series. There's, there's a lot of themes we can play with, and I like movies that make you think about that. It does seem to be able to play with the live as well as the dead. Good point. So, you know? But yeah, I know it's it's interesting that, like I said, we are kind of putting this together. After that explosion, like I said, Dale, Tucker, and Allie, they're inside of the truck, and Tucker makes mention, like, this is the last good thing that he has, and Dale's like, he's driving forward in the woods as they're escaping, and he's looking back the whole time, kind of like mocking Chad, and he winds up running right into a damn tree. Knocked out. Yeah. Wakes up. Allie's taken. Allie's gone. Tucker's, Tucker's outside the truck. fucked up out mm-hmm. in the truck. He's going to live. We all know this. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not that fucked up. They, he, don't, they don't make it seem like he's going to die. He's a final girl. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But he, he, yeah, At he no makes point it. do they really make it seem like he's going to die, just that he's going to be out of the big ending. He just got fucked up a little bit. 
And he basically just gives him another pep talk, like, you're way better than what you think you are. Go out yeah. and get what you want. Do you remember what they were talking about? Like, he asked him, do you remember catching frogs when we were little? Catching frogs, yeah. You he's were like, quicker yeah. than me. You made me lick. He's like, uh, he said, you, you let me lick him a lot. He <laughs> made me feel good. <laughs> or made me feel funny, something like that. <laughs> yeah, a little funny exchange. But you're right. The whole thing was trying to, he was trying to build up his courage, right? Tell him he's better than he thinks he is. He's got to go after what he wants. Uh, he says, eventually, Jenger's will show you where Allie's at. He knows where what's going on, right? We cut back and we Best see... Best friends forever. Yeah, Chad's tying up Allie onto a board in like a little like sawmill. Yeah, they are, they're up at a place called uh, Big Hill Lumber. Chad's strapping her up. He's starting to get kind of rapey, too. Yeah, because he starts to like kiss on her and... Lick on her. And... Yeah, it gets fucking really rapey. But, but this is where I said his face kind of resembles what's supposed to be evil ash. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. But, um... Dale winds up breaking into... I mean, it uh, also honestly reminded me a little bit of uh, Dark Knight. Yeah, no, no, definitely Two-Face. I mean, huh. I agree with you there as well. Um, Dale's off. Doesn't he, like, break a lock? Yeah, he to, breaks uh, a lock like on, a tool bar? like, a tool shed. He's like, I'll show you Killer Hillbilly. And he gets yeah, all suited Yeah, he straps up. up. Honestly, he doesn't put on that much. And he discards the most menacing part of his outfit almost as soon as he gets in the door. I, yeah, he does. <laughs> he doesn't really throw on that much, though. Nah, he, uh... Dale... He mostly grabs the, the fucking chainsaw. That's the big Yeah, he doesn't even, like, he puts oh, on... Oh, and uh, the, the foot hood. spikes. Because he uses uh, that later, too. He also put on, like, a um, a welder's mask. Mm-hmm. But you're right. But that's what he gets rid of right away. Yeah, it's weird. And I don't know why really, he did that. Otherwise, he's still pretty much in his coveralls and... Just his old get-up from the get-up. It was, yeah. uh... They look kind of like, like climbing a, spikes, right? Yeah. No, like, no, he for, definitely for did. climbing up trees. Which, yeah. For, like, topping trees. No, you're right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you said, that's... The whole point was it was a logging place or a mill. Yeah. Makes sense. Worked at a mill. I yeah. Shit a little yeah, bit. man. You know your shit. Dale winds up... He sees Allie, right? He, he winds up going to that room where she's tied up. I think he starts to try to... Uh, try to remember how the knot goes because he's fucking up with a knot. She makes mention of him... Looking intimidating. And that's when he immediately loses all of his shit, basically. Except for yeah. the foot spikes and the chainsaw. That's all Weird. you need to know. Chad comes over like this little PA system inside that building. Well, yeah, cause so he's starting to... Uh, he starts her running through the through the saw. Yeah. God, I wish I was up enough on my shit to tell you what size blade that was. I used to... I, I mean, know. I worked at a post and pole, and my mom works a saw huh. at a sawmill, so... Oh, uh, we could verify the facts after afterward, if that were the case. Kind of look, kind of look maybe maybe a 24-inch... I don't fucking know. It's anyway. a pretty big one of a spot, like, a split in that kind of, you know, log that she's strapped up to. But she's going through a kind of, like, fucking Bond villain shit. You know what I mean? Well, of course, yeah. Uh, he starts to rescue her, and well, he finally decides to use his fucking chainsaw... And that's when Chad attacks. Chad drop kicks him, like double drop kicks him. They kind of have a good little fight. They do. He ends up getting Chad's hatchet and does like a fucking miracle throw to get her free. That was fucking dope. Like, yeah, I thought I didn't know. I it's kind of obvious CG, but it's still yeah. kind of dope looking. No, because it, it worked. He, like he he gets her free, right? Um, he then he like he, doesn't he say something? He's like, "Come on, frat bitch." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Then uh, he has the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And Chad has just like a pipe, I think. I think so. Because, yeah, he does. He has a pipe because. And it reminded me of the chainsaw duel. Yeah. No, that's a good one. From Texas, too. Too. Yep, exactly. I was thinking that, too. Uh, all the sparks flying and shit. Yeah. He ends up like kicking him in the shin with the spikes and shit. And yeah, it, it, knocks, it knocks Chad over, and Chad's just love with that pipe, like you said. And but he then he throws the chainsaw Allie. at him, oh, and he yeah. runs off, which I thought was a weird move, but. Yeah, there's some weird events that happen. Um, 
Allie and Dale wind up running off or like climbing up to a different section, like a top loft, I guess, of that barn they're in or that mill they're in. So here's another one that reminded me of the final chapter. Okay. Is Oh yeah, up there on that loft. They get up there and they find out the truth about his background. Yeah. That his father was the killer, basically, because his mother was raped and was already institutionalized. There's also another big kind of find out too that gets revealed in, in a way because they also find like there's a chamomile up there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they like he he remembers the ingredient mm-hmm. inside chamomile that that causes that um it was a uh, aphylactic seizure or whatever. Yeah. And so, like in final chapter, when Corey confronted him with his past. They confront him with his truth of his yeah. origin, and that kind of stuns him long enough that he's able to, like, throw the chamomile at him. Yep, bust him in the face. And he ends up going out the fucking... It wasn't a window, was it? It was like... A... No, it was just like those those swing door. Yeah. Or swing window. Like, they're just swing doors, basically. And he's, he he's down there, like, Halloween style. Yeah. He, find, he gets so enraged by the fact that he finds out that he's a hillbilly. Then he gets that. hit with that chamomile, freaks out, and falls out. So he's pulling like the dog from the final chapter and the girl from the final chapter. Like I said, that's why part of the reason the why fuck? I thought this movie was kind of the perfect way to end it off. Because yeah. it did fall into some of that shit. But you're and right. that's also Halloween. No, you're absolutely right. That's absolutely Halloween, especially because you, know, you get happens? the camera people. You get the the news reporter and the cameraman from the beginning, mm-hmm. and they're starting to do their report. Report, yeah. And as they're fading into being on the TV in Wash, I always call them Wash. Yeah. Alan Tudyk's uh, hospital room. You hear they haven't found the body. Yeah. If you were paying attention to the beginning of the movie, you already know because that's well, the yeah, Apple it kind of plays itself out, right? So they haven't found the body. He's still around. Yep, he's he's in bed. Tucker, that is, in the hospital bed. And honestly, I didn't even take notes on the rest of the movie. No. Because it kind of uh, ends more like uh, a rom-com. It is. And what, what basically happens is Dale shows up with some PBR, right? Tucker mentions the fact that he's, he's fucked up on meds, right? And uh, he got his fingers sewed back on. One of them's wrong. One of them's definitely not his because it's all painted up, all pretty-like. He's like, I don't remember it looking like this. Right, so they have an exchange because uh, what what happens is Tucker asked Dell if he and Allie hooked up, and he's like, "Well, I didn't really get a chance to ask her, but she may mention that she's a good bowler." So we're going. So yeah, so we're going Adios. bowling. Yes, yeah, so deuces. <laughs> right, and so now it cuts into a scene where Dell and uh, Allie and this other gentleman, I think his name is BJ. Yeah. Are like it looks like they're at a bowling league, right? Dale is giving some uh, wise words to BJ about this girl that BJ has an interest in. He's kind of playing the Tucker character to him, right? Yeah. It, it's exactly, it plays out exactly like the beginning. Yeah. Uh, the girl even accidentally gets knocked out and BJ starts hauling off with her by the end of it, which yeah, is fucking hilarious. Yeah, like. it play you see it play out in the background. It's while... funny. While Tucker, no, not Dale, Tucker, while Dale, Dale and Allie are kind of kissing on each other. Yeah, well, he sort of like reve- tries to reveal what, like he's like, I, I dig you and shit, and she sort of beats him to the punch. She's like, Look, I know it's hard for you. Like, I understand. I feel the same way. Yeah, I feel and the so same way. So they start way. kissing on each other. Yeah, she makes the first move. But you're right. The whole time, BJ's out there dragging chick away, and she's like, Should we go after them? He's like, Hell no. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that's how it ends. Uh, the end goes Keeps to the credits. Ending. Yeah. Dig, fucking dig that movie so much, this especially movie is the first time through. Really I don't want to say good, it's bad man. after no, that, no, 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 no. but not knowing all those little, those initial twists and turns and yeah. 
so fucking clever. There's, there, like I said, there's some really cool things about it. There's there was a scene at the beginning of the film, uh, right after that little exchange with the news reporter and uh, the camera guy, where it shows the kids, you know, the college kids in the car going down that road. That's actually an edited piece out of uh, the movie Without a Paddle. Oh. Okay. Who had Matthew Lillard in it, who we discussed in Scream. That's so, funny. Yeah, I read about that. I was like, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, so there was some stuff that... I think they had like a raw, not really pieced together film version of this film. And somehow some people got a hold of it and you could see where they were cutting in and dubbing audio and clips like this. Okay. So there was kind of some leaks happening as this film was being you know, filmed and put together. That's funny. Yeah, Okay. That's pretty cool. wild, man. Um, well... That's it for Dale and Tucker, really. Yeah. Tucker and Dale and the evil that is Chad. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like said. You know, we talked about the beginning of the film. If you pay attention, it's it's not a spoiler, but it is. If you're not paying attention, if you don't know anything about the movie, it's like what is what what's happening, and then it plays itself out. And so that's also the end of our first initial run on slashers. Yeah. So we've how many films did we cover in this genre? Shit. Mm, I think more than we originally planned on because we Gosh, called it man, a month at like first and I think films, we did think, something like that. Yeah, I was about to say we called it a month and I think we did two months. Yeah. Although so, there was huh. the Savage Land episode in there which isn't a slasher. Yeah, so. It's not, but regardless people should go see that one as well. Right. It's available. Uh, so from here on out we're going to go back to a little bit how we were doing before yeah. and just choosing shit off the cuff. Yeah, so we, uh, like I said, we, we did. We, we lit a path in the slasher realm so now we get the freedom to roam a little bit. We're not quite sure what's going to be next week yet, to be completely honest with you guys. Good point. But we will tease the fact that uh, we are going to have another guest soon, and that episode will be Evil Dead. Yes, yeah, so Evil Dead is in the deck. Especially because we keep mentioning it on, I mean, we've probably mentioned it on at least 10 of these episodes now. Yeah, like I said, it's one of those films you can't help but reference if you're familiar with horror films, so yeah. So that is coming up possibly next week. Probably not. We're probably going to do something else next yeah, week. And we, then we've plan got some ideas, later. right? Floating right. around. So this is going to be fun. We're not sure where we're going next, but we hope that you stick with us yeah. to do it. Keep an open mind. And to stick with us to do it. We would love if you would subscribe to us on any of the platforms that we are available on, whether it be iTunes. Yeah, we're on iTunes. Tuned we're... in. Yeah. Stitcher. Stitcher, we're still there. Google Play. Yep. Uh, SoundCloud. Still on SoundCloud. I'll you listen might, to it on there. I mean, I, I think you can just go stream. I mean, it's technically SoundCloud, but you can go stream us on our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Yeah, you can check us out on our Twitter page. Yep, at uh, Fried Squirms. Yeah. We also have a Facebook. Just yeah. search for Fried, Fried Squirms. Squirms. We'll be, be there. there as well. Or you can email us, squirmcast at gmail.com. That yeah, would so be there's amazing. several ways to follow us. Uh, we'll. You know, we'll get more content out. There's a lot of films. Like I said, we've barely even touched the surface, but we have a lot of ideas in mind. So we'll uh, we'll keep pumping out the, that content. And we would very much appreciate it if you would share this with your friends and share it around and just keep growing. It's been really neat so far. We've done some yeah. cool things, and uh, we know that more and more of you are listening bit by bit. Yeah, and... we're like I said, I'm I'm very thankful for the fact that people do listen to us. Um, and like I said, what, what Tyler was saying is, uh, you know, a way to help us out is spreading the word of mouth. We're we're grassroots just like anything else. Wouldn't hurt. That's one of the things I really took away from that Simon Herbert interview Likewise. is that I really like, I mean, we've done a few different indie films now. 
Uh, I mean, some of these people, the the films we did were back during their indie days, and yeah. then they went more studio later and shit. But not, I don't have anything against the studios. But not. it's always really neat to be able to go straight through with the, the creators and shit in that way. Yeah. And to be able to, to help out in any way we can, even these little... These other little things, because you still end up loving them. If you could seek them out, if you find them, like people are always making art that you're gonna love. So yeah, and that's the thing. That's that's the beauty of it is if uh, if you view it from that, you know, from that point of view, um, you'll come away with with appreciating a whole different spectrum of, of films. Like I said, I, I'm enjoying these indie films that we're finding, the slasher films that we've done, and I'm I'm looking forward to to all this other stuff we're about to do. Me too. So I'm thankful that you guys listen to us. Yeah. Please help us spread the word. Uh, we will see you here next week uh, for Fried Squirms. Yeah, I'm well, Tyler. I'm Danny. And hopefully we come up with a good movie for next week. Yeah, we got this. Okay.